Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I thought Maryland did a great job of, of just being aggressive and getting the ball where they wanted to. And they, and they were the aggressor. Um, you know, give them credit. I thought we did a good job of handling their press, only having seven turnovers, but uh, one of the best rebounding teams in the country. And they just dominated us. You know, out-rebound us by 12. Um, the combination of not being able to rebound and get some second-chance opportunities on our end, I thought they did a great job of boxing us out. And then we got to be able to make some shots. You know, I thought we had some looks. I thought they did a good job defending us, but we still had some looks. And they could probably say the same thing on their end that just have to go down for us. We have to have a balance of driving the basketball, making threes, and getting post-ups for Zach. And when we don't have that balance, man, they're going to shrink the defense. Yeah, just your preparation. Like, it's, it's, I'm not really worried about the Big Ten tournament. I'm worried about the NCAA tournament. Like, yeah, you don't get judged on that one, the Big Ten tournament. So, um, you know, just you know, stay process-based. You know, believe in your team, but all of a sudden be honest about what's going on. Like we, you know, we got to be tougher. Like we can't shore up turnovers and then not rebound. Like you got to, you got to come in here and win the possession battle. You know, you got to have more rebounds in them. You got fewer turnovers. Now you can start right there and really work towards something. We didn't do that, and and so when you get on the road, and you have fewer turn, you have fewer possessions, and now you don't shoot well. Oh, that's going to be a long night for a quality team. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in here. Brian No, Jimmy Cook here on the fan. You know, let's dive right in, Jake Cook, if we if we can. Over Purdue goes down against Maryland. They lose by 14 points. Yeah, I, I just thought of this old, old thing from the NFL with Bill Parcells. When Bill Parcells was still a head coach, he infamously put a gas can in the locker of one of his players. I want to say it was... I can't remember who the player was. I don't know if he ever coached Brian Cox. I can't remember. But whoever the player was, he put a gas can in the player's locker and said, are you running out of gas? It was the whole thing to try to sure. you know, fire him up and that sort of thing. Bill Parcells was great at those mind games and all of that type of stuff. I bring that up because Purdue is a second straight game in the second half. They have wilted they have run out of gas and I think in college basketball you can it can swing the other way you can be rejuvenated the next game and it's all good you have games spaced out quite a bit but this has looked like a tired basketball team as of late am I wrong because look at last night they get out rebounded by Maryland 35 to 23 you look at what Maryland did in the second half you saw the last game against Northwestern Purdue shot 29 percent and had 13 turnovers just in the second half. They faded down the stretch. They got a couple of starting freshmen, right? So I think they got to find their second wind as we get closer and closer to tournament time here. Yeah, for me, fatigue is the easiest answer because ordinarily when you see a loss like that in a second half loss, you're like, oh, they must not take care of the ball. They only turn the ball over seven times. Like This is still uh, a bread-and-butter Purdue game where they, they take care of the basketball, they value it, but they just weren't as efficient and particularly on as coach painter mentioned in his press post game press conference we just played there they weren't as effective on the glass minus 12 on the glass 
and this stat is from uh, Purdue Athletics or PurdueSports.com, worst in two years, three years for them from a rebounding standpoint. And that a lot of that's effort, a lot of that's energy, to your point. It is the grind of the college basketball season, particularly in the Big Ten. We talked about the physicality yesterday. So is it fixable? Is it adjustable? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at, we've got four games left, three games left, I think, somewhere around there, and then the Big Ten tournament starts. Purdue undoubtedly, uh, even if they were to, I want to double check that, but I'm 40% confident in this statement. I believe even if they fell apart <laughs> over these next four, they would still get a buy. I believe they're still. I like in, that your confidence level it, is It died for 40%. a second because I realized that IU and Northwestern are right there, but but that would still be that would still be in the realm of the top four that get the the, the, the buy or the double buy format that's there in the uh, Big Ten tournament. So you're going to get a little bit of rest there, and then you're ultimately going to get the four or five days rest that everybody gets at Selection Sunday. So is it concerning a little bit because once that rest period's over, right. then it is March Madness where you're going two games in four days and then a break, and then two games in four days and a break, and then you get into the final four if Purdue's lucky enough to get there. So yes, it is concerning but am I at a point where my overall value on Purdue has changed? No, I don't think so. I still right. think they're they're going to be a top overall seed, and I think they can make a deep run into March and achieve the goals they want to, which, like we talked about yesterday, is a Final Four run. Well, that's the thing is there's a lot more stuff that would worry me much more than a lack of energy the last couple of games because these are, again, they're young kids. They're going to revive and it's not like the NBA used to be where you're playing like four and five nights or something like that. You got a lot of time to get your legs underneath you. So, yeah, it's a concern, but it's not a big concern. There's far more. If if there's something that's just not fixable, like we, we just can't rebound. You know, like you got a 7'4 guy. You're going to be fine with rebounding. You know, there are other things that just aren't fixable. So energy or a lack thereof the last couple of games I'm not too worried about that and even though the big sorry to cut you off but even though the big 10 uh crew that was on that last night were were stressing you know all announcers do this oh they there's two and a half left it's only 11 points I'm they, so glad you saw that they, they like that bugs me oh. but, but but they did still <laughs> hang around for they got to nine with about two minutes to go but it's still like whatever announcer as an announcer I understand oh it's getting interesting I now I, I felt like the game was still over but oh. that's the that's the fight of Purdue like they 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 had an opportunity I lost hope for that game switching with about four to go once it got and that's where they really started to, oh, it's nine now. Oh, it's. I thought it was done. They was in the coffin. But that speaks to the strength and toughness of Purdue. A physical Maryland team has yet to lose at home all year in conference, Eddie. In conference. And they still had an opportunity, five minutes to play, to right their wrongs. Yeah, they're 11-1 and one on the season at home. Their only loss came okay. to UCLA. Yep. I thought it was hilarious, too. I literally wrote it down because Stephen Bardo said it a few yes. times. And he does a great job. Oh, he's awesome. But I literally wrote down... <laughs> Plenty of time left. He said it a handful of times, but there were two minutes left. Yeah, and he dropped it again. Maryland was up 11 <laughs> with the ball. So plenty of time. And I'm like, Stephen, we got like maybe at most three possessions left in this game. What, what are we doing? And it's a college game. It's not as loony as the NBA. Yeah, right. And you can advance the ball to half court and all that type of stuff. Plenty of time left. Down 11 without the ball and two minutes to go. Okay, all right. The uh, Mason Gillis Tech, again, that was the turning point. It fueled a, a rally from Maryland. I'll tell you what, Big Ten Network, very fond of the run graphic. They show it all the time. Yes. 
This team's on a 15-3 no. run. This team's on a 17-3 run. They flash it like it's their thing. It's I, their calling card. But I feel confident in this because just memory banks of March Madness, they even show it more than CBS and TBS, all those networks do. But that's where you really feel it in March is, oh, man, the run graphic is there. And, yes, they've carved out their market where we're going to show you anytime it's 6-2 to two and beyond, <laughs> for sure. That's right. They do it all the time, but... That tech by Gillis fueled a 29-4 run by Maryland. 29-4. And you saw, like, from the field, Maryland in that stretch, they were 11 for 14 from the field. Purdue, after that tech, they were 1 for 10. And I don't know how you feel about it, too, but Zach Eady, I know you mentioned this in your bets at the end, so I would assume you were watching him closely. Just barely missed it. It was a decent pick. I thought you had something to go on there, but Purdue, for me... They get away from Edie far too often. Too long a stretches where they were two for 13. They shot 15% from three last night. And granted, when you take a shot, you don't know you're going to miss it. You might think the next one is going in. But at the end of the day, you're 15% from three. I want some of those opportunities to go to Edie to at least touch the ball and yeah. see if he can create or create for others. There are a lot of times they just get away from the big man too much. That's your advantage. Why wouldn't you just go back to your advantage again and again and again? A lot of times they get away from the guy too much. And a lot of that to me, again, to go back to, which I'm a alum of a Big Ten program. I, I know I talked about this yesterday. I like the physicality. My larger issue is just that the game changes in the NCAA tournament. But when we're in conference play and we're not worried about that, I think so often, and maybe it's the youngness of their guards, maybe it is just it's a hostile road environment. Again, Maryland is... Very, very good this year, particularly at home. But if it doesn't work once or twice, they don't want to force feed. They want to try to move it around and get it back to him. By that point, there's seven seconds left on the shot clock, and then you're panicking to get a proper post feed into him. And is there enough time to get a shot up? So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, particularly when when Bardo was still talking about it's a close game because they did. They scored back-to-back <laughs> possessions where they gave the big fellow a post feed. <laughs> fakes left, goes right, and it's a basket. So, yeah, that that's one thing that... And I feel like that's always complained about when you have an elite big man, right? Like it's sometimes that, uh, well, they don't get on the ball enough. But it's especially true for Purdue, even though they have great secondary pieces and great role players out on the wings, you have to run things through Edie in crunch time. You just have yeah, to. You have to, and they don't. They get away from him far too often. I've got some stupid observations, if you would like those. Absolutely. Like anything stupid. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Okay, so uh, the air ball chance. With uh, Braden Smith, here's the thing, Maryland. All right, he airballed one shot. He still played pretty well overall. I have to check uh, what he ended up with from the field. He was eight for twelve, and every time he touched the ball, airball, airball. But he started seven for seven. Thumbs down, <laughs> thumbs down on that chant, Eddie. <laughs> right? I, I that I, I embrace fun in college, especially, but it just doesn't make sense to me. If that happened. Like a long time ago in the game, why are you still chanting that? And the guy, he's shooting well. That that might be working against you where he's locked in even more because as a competitor, that would tick you off. It would have to. I almost admire the arrogance and dedication to the bit. Like cause maybe they don't <laughs> genuinely know. They're college kids. Maybe they, they've had a good time leading up to the game. And maybe they're like, oh, we're just going to chain airball now because this guy missed a shot. Uh, it, it had an airball earlier in the ball game. Oh, wait, why does the scoreboard say that he's eight of nine? What are, what are we doing? 
I almost admire the ignorance of a college age fan. Just like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep doing it. Whatever. I go thumbs down on the okay. air ball, okay. the extended air ball chance. Are you with me on that? Thumbs down? Or you, you kind of embrace it? Because he, the shooter came out of it yeah. or because you just don't like the extended one in general? I don't like, like if he would have struggled yeah. the whole game, right. you, you still would have been mad about it. Mm, if, if, it, if it seemed like it was throwing the guy off and it was working, okay, okay I, I might give you a free pass on that. But the extended chance while the guy is making shot after I'll shot, come what to your are you side doing? There. I'll come to your side there. But, okay. but I still have uh, the, the closeness of, a, of college age mentality. <laughs> they're, they're stupid. What are you going to do? To me, the airball <laughs> chant ends as soon as he makes a shot. <laughs> That's right. Good rule yeah. thumb. Like he Not made bad. his first seven shots and then he airballed a shot. Yeah. And he didn't make another one until late in the game. So, I mean, and if you're Maryland and you can see it visibly getting into his head uh-huh. and second guessing everything. So you embrace. You embrace I, the I mean, extended. I, am abr- I embrace it until he makes a shot. Until that player makes a shot, then all right, it's over. Okay. Let, do you embrace thumbs up, thumbs down, overrated chance? Then let me lay this out, okay? I didn't hear it last night. I, I might have missed it, but I don't think I, I heard it last night in the Maryland <laughs> There was game. an 80s ugly. <laughs> 80s <laughs> ugly chance. Yeah, yeah. Now that we've entered That's this area. Funny. It's mean-spirited, but pretty funny. Now that we enter this area, once you ask yours, I have a question about something okay. that happened yesterday. But go overrated ahead. chance. What do you think? Now, Jay Billis, I'll give him credit for this because it popped into my head. Years ago, he, he changed me to to reverse my thinking here. It never really dawned on me. But he, he was like, why are you chanting that? You're devaluing yes, yes, your own yes, win. Yes, why That's what I was about you? to say. Yeah. Yes. That, that is the answer. Because if you, like again, it's it's college mentality, whatever fans, it's stupid because you are saying exactly yeah. that, oh, they're number one in the country. They shouldn't be that. Yeah. But then on the other hand, you're happy you beat number one. Right. So you are undercutting your achievement. Absolutely. By, yes, thumbs, totally down. thumbs down. Thumbs down on the down. overrated chance. Thumbs down. Now, something I do fully embrace, and I saw it last night with Maryland, the you know, where it's like, Hey, you suck. I totally embrace it. That Love is a that great chant. Love, Love that. Yep. Especially in college. Full um, thumbs up on that. I'm not going to say what was said, but there were some unkind things uh, said by Northwestern fans towards, well, I, I'll say who said it because if you watched the broadcast, you know it was. There were some unkind things said by the Northwestern student section towards Miller Cop. Uh-huh. And then Northwestern released a statement very vague statement yesterday. Saying we don't bad. condone that. Yeah. That's that. <laughs> oh, that's not good. My answer is yes because Northwestern is a very classy institution. You think if they lose, they still release that statement? I think yes because you're administrators, Nate. I do think yeah. so. Yeah, but and anyway. not not knowing exactly what they said, it sounds like it was uh, they, they, over yeah, the line was, enough uh, where uh, it, there were some. Might need a statement. Yeah. I've got one more stupid observation for you here on the fan. So Libman, the cleaning products, right? You see it. On the the scorers table all the time in college basketball, sure. Libman okay. they have various cleaning products, you know, like the tornado mopper, whatever. I did some research last night. I didn't know much about the company. Okay, I, I know say, nothing. So just to clarify that, we'll, we'll go. I see them with Big Ten basketball, Big Twelve basketball in particular. Watch the next time. Next time you see Kansas or Oklahoma State play, Libman everywhere, ever advertised. Libman is to college basketball. What Tecate is to boxing. Tecate is everywhere in boxing. In the ring, everywhere. The announcer is like, 12 rounds. Brought to you by Tecate. And then he'll have some read. Libman is to college hoops what Tecate is to boxing. The most known sponsor that I associate with college hoops is Warner. Because when they cut down the nets, they bring out the ladders. Yes. And at least good one. 30 times. Very the good Warner one. ladder, it, it's everywhere. That's but a good yes, one. In season, 
Totally agree. Libman yep. Yep. everywhere. Yep. Watch for it. Like the green backdrop, you'll see it on the scorer's table. Like full spread. <laughs> I'm about to look for this, and I'll be like, oh, I totally have been oblivious to You have to check that out. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We got a lot coming at you today. We'll have Alan Karpik talking some Purdue hoops at 1230. Uh, We'll also get to, let's see, what else we got on the show? We got James Boyd talking some Colts from The Athletic. I have in my notes, you'd be proud of me, Jimmy Cook. I have The Athletic in italics. You got to have it. That's got to have it like that is top shelf stuff right there. Got to have it like that. We'll have Kevin Bowen from the morning show on with us at two o'clock. Let me switch gears on you. Let's talk some Colts here. Jay Cook, you look at the offensive coordinator search. And so as we understand it right now, the Colts, they are intending to interview T. Martin, who is the Ravens wide receiver coach. They're uh, interviewing him for the OC opening. The Bills had some interest. How about that? Bills had some interest last year in T. Martin. I remember him as the Tennessee quarterback, but he's been coaching for a long time now. And uh, Bills had interest in him. My first thought was Ken Dorsey. Remember him slamming the tablet against the Dolphins? Oh, it, was, it was nice. It could have been T. Martin up in the booth. It could have been, right? Of, yeah. Would he have still smashed the tablet? Who's I don't to think say? so. I don't think so. I hope he would, but I don't think we would have Would his that. assistant, whoever that was, respected him enough to cover the camera, but just too late before <laughs> the national audience saw the rage? We'll Who's never know. Yep. We'll never know. And the Colts' other uh, candidate here is uh, Jaguars passing game coordinator Jim Bob Cooter. Our guy Jim Bob still out there. Now, I don't know how you feel about this. We'll find out in about 15 seconds. Yep. I think that you can just talk yourself into stuff. Because you want it to be the case. If you have a real gut feeling about either of these guys, how they would fare as the Colts offensive coordinator, I think you're honestly just making stuff up. That's, a, that's my feeling. It's, it's almost like if you get a recruit in college, and you've never heard of this guy in your life before, but he's a four or a five-star guy. You're just like, this guy, what a get. What a get. I've never heard of this guy in my life, but what a get. I'm just hopeful that he's the real deal. I think some of that can translate to your reaction to coaching hires. I mean, really, they're not even calling the plays to begin with. If they go with T. Martin or Jim Bob Cooter, you have a little to go on with Jim Bob because he was with the Lions. You don't have a lot to go by. So I think if you've got like, oh, I've got some strong stances, I think you're just making stuff up. The only flip I have for that is, and I don't have a better example than this, he's not taking the job. Why would he take the job? It's a massive step back. He's enjoying retirement. But he's the first name that popped into my head for my example here. You mentioned the college analogy, the, the high school recruit analogy for a, a college program. That is the right analogy for me when you're looking at young or medium experience passing game uh, quality control people or, or running backs coach or whatever. The only way it flips for me where you could have full confidence is, let's say, sake of argument, again, he's just the first example that popped in my head. Not going to happen. You call up a a legendary offensive mind, like Bruce Arians, for instance. Again, that's not happening, but that's just the first one I could, for the sake of time, he is a legendary offensive mind. Then I'm willing to say, yes, you, if you're a a host or a pundit or whatever, you have a feel for it because you like proven guys. Right. The rest of these, yes, you can talk yourself in about just about anybody. You have a lot more to go on. Yes. You know, like, I don't have a problem with any of your opinions or stances, just anybody in general, but it's like, how are you backing it up? And they've also done such a good job on the head coaching front of keeping that whole process locked like Fort Knox. Yeah. I'm very interested to see if they're as much 
because it's Steichen's job now in this regard to put together his staff. Is there that same level of secrecy through this process, or is it much more like we're getting right now reports that we didn't get during the main head coaching hire? Oh, Jim Bob Cooter here. Oh, you know, this guy over there, we're having those type of leaks already. Is it going to be a transparent process like we're so used to Schefter and Rappaport breaking left and right? Yeah, they have been very, very formal with this. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you thought it was strange at all. I did a little bit. Uh, Nothing. No one knows anything about who the head coach was going to be, except for it breaking on Super Bowl Sunday when the guy, Shane Steichen, is coaching in that Super Bowl. I get that the Colts, you want to have your franchise highlighted. You want to be talked about on Super Bowl Sunday. I get that. But Steichen... I don't know that he was loving that announcement or that news breaking when his phone is blowing up and he's about to coach the biggest game of his life. You know, I just thought it was odd timing that you know nothing all the way up until the morning of the Super Bowl and Steichen is coaching in that game. Do you happen to remember, Eddie, who broke it? If it was Schefter or Rappaport first? I'm not sure which, but to me, that's all coming from agents. In my opinion, I think that's agents from other candidates after being eliminated. I don't think that's from Colts camp or from the camp of Shane Steichen. Well, my whole thing is that's fine, but you could still wait a day. And I don't think he's saying it was Steichen either. You're saying that Steichen was probably upset that it happened. And the league was probably upset it happened too, because in my mind, there's always this unwritten rule that once we reach Super Bowl week, do not detract from or do not distract from the main event. Mm-hmm. and that's why I figured we wouldn't hear anything until Monday at the earliest, and then you see those things break on Sunday. It's like, well, a lot of people probably aren't happy right now. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure, listen, Steichen was locked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably didn't even have his phone anywhere near him, but it's just one of those things where he probably, that morning, got a few messages, and you know he had to throw the phone in a closet, whatever. <laughs> I just... I would love to know his unfiltered, and we'll never, ever, ever get that because it's not smart business to say, but he was just kind of like, oh, man, really? I got to deal with this right now? I, I I would expect there was a tinge of that, right? You don't want anything to distract you from the task at hand, which is the Super Bowl. To be human, I'm yeah, I'm sure it popped in somewhere, but to your initial point and the way he conducted himself, like he, he was locked in like everybody else there. Sure. I'm sure it was more of like a an annoying initial like gnat flying by you a little bit and they're like, all right, well, I guess I'm about to deal with this Yeah, after the game. But. Yeah, just I thought it was strange timing though, yeah. right? And, and again, that's again why I expected this to be something that was announced Monday morning. Yeah. Once we got to Friday, I was like, all right, nothing's going to break. Like This is established between the league and everything that they don't want to be drawn too much away from the game itself. But to Eddie's point, I mean, that's what you hear. It's always it's always agents, always some type of... of uh, strong arming one another trying to either get the last word in or get more motivation for your client so unfortunate but yeah i don't think and i know you're not saying this i don't think it had any impact on they were rolling like i rewatched not the game but the nfl oh, film yeah. side of right, things yesterday right, right. like sirianni and steichen they were absolutely rolling in terms of their offensive play calls throughout that game so yeah they had a lot of success hurts yeah. over 300 yards passing so yeah I, and i think i didn't even piece this together either but if that's the way it went down the timeline imagine if you're in the running for that job and it's super bowl sunday when you're informed that you're not getting the job that's kind of rough too if that's the way it went yeah down. yeah that's i mean and i don't i can't put my mind in that headspace because the fan I'm always watching the Super Bowl but like 
you know, it, it, I assume Colts fans felt the same way when Manning was here. Like the years it's Brady there or it's somebody else. Like it's not as fun for me. It's like, oh, my team is a contender. They should be there right now. Yeah. From a coaching standpoint, it has to be magnified by 15. Like I would love to pull coaches around the league. How many of eliminated teams sit down and watch the Super Bowl? I'd be curious what that number is. I'd be curious too. I don't know how I couldn't. Right? Yeah, like I, I really don't. You're either one coin or the other, right? You just have to have the fix and you, you yeah. have to watch it because it's football and it's a sport you love. Or maybe if you were a, a conference champion, it, I I just I need to I need to get away. I'm so irked about Maybe. I don't I, know. Man, I'd have to be next level bent yeah. not to watch it. Because yeah. <laughs> I just the curiosity factor right. of how does this go down? We're on Tiger Watch as well. Eddie, where's uh where's Tiger at right now? How's he doing over there? Oh, I gotta pull it back up. Hold on. Okay. Tiger was uh Genesis minus open. two yep. for the first round. Hit some birdies, uh I think back to back birdies actually two of his last three holes to close last night to, yeah. to get in that point. Strong finish yep. by Tiger over there. Uh he's minus one. Forty four for the day? Or for overall? He's plus Overall, he's plus one today. He gotcha. is uh, tied for 42nd right now. Not bad. Not bad. You know, I'll say this real fast. I love how the thinking has flipped with Tiger. Because think about it. He had 14 majors in, what was it, 2008? Mm-hmm. And we're like, he's passing Jack. He's pa-. And then year after year after year after year when he didn't get a major, we're just like, what's going on, Tiger? What's the deal over here? The thinking has flipped because of all the injuries – a bad car accident yeah. and now it's just like we're happy yes it's like tiger minus two first round nice pretty good like it's refreshing that it's just more positive now and a lot of that is i mean that all the medical experts that are tabbed by different places make it seem like yeah that limp's going to be something that he's, he deal or deals with for the rest of his life like walking because i as look i'll be clear I don't walk golf courses, let alone PGA yeah, Tour golf right. courses. I'm a cart guy. I'm not pushing. <laughs> like, like I, I tip my hat to the uh, uh, people on the course that are pushing their carts the whole way. Respect the hell out of you. I don't do that. I'm, I'm driving the cart. This, I mean, the fact that he's still able to move around and even still hit the ball the way that he does, not like old Tiger, but yes, you're right. It's the benchmark has changed, except when the Masters arrives. Because I'm not going to be like, oh man, like... Uh, going against him like with rage but yes my hope changes a little bit because yeah. that's where the magic happens yeah. that's his course if he's ever going to win another major which that's i don't even think really on the planet yeah. of thought of possibility it's augusta i mean that's the best place we got a lot to do today very much looking forward to it we've got a lot of thoughts on the colts still steichen stuff also uh man a huge step in the right direction what a couple of leagues are doing that the nfl isn't We'll get to that along the way as well. Coming up next, our guy, Alan Karpik, Purdue writer for goldenblack.com. We'll talk about Edie, maybe a little fading the last couple of days, or games, I should say, in the second half for Purdue. Where do they get the fountain of youth, or I should say energy? How do they get their energy, their legs back? We'll talk to Alan Karpik about that. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Oh, what's going on, everybody? I'm Brian No, 
He's Jimmy Cook here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I feel like, Jimmy, a little bit later in the show, we've got to do a little bit of a getting-to-know-you session. You know what I mean? Like, we have sports takes for days, but, like, who are we? Who are you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> We're getting philosophical all of a sudden. This is the second time in the 1230 hour yes. we've gotten philosophical the last two days. What is sports radio exactly? <laughs> yeah, We'll get to all that stuff, but Alan Karpik. He joins us covering Purdue, publisher for goldenblack.com. Hope you're having a great day here, Alan. I got to tell you, Todd Meyer is uh, the APD here at The Fan, someone you're familiar with. You went to school together and all of that. He was doom and freaking gloom for the last couple of minutes. He says, Indiana's going to beat Purdue coming up here. He says they'll be lucky to be 2-2 two and two in their final four regular season games. What do you say to both of those thoughts, Alan? Well, Todd, Todd's got deep, deep problems. No, he's, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's funny in, in the world of college basketball and when things, uh, I don't know if it's a Gene Cady statement, I'm not sure who it was, it said it's never, things are never as good as they seem or never as bad as they seem. But right now for Purdue, if you look at the last four minutes of the Northwestern game and then the, the last 16 minutes of last night at Maryland, it doesn't look very good right now. Now, if Purdue can adjust, uh, maybe get out of the Big Ten and, and, and the officiating that uh, has been a challenge for Purdue, uh, I think that bodes well. This is still a very good basketball team, but it didn't, uh, didn't play very well at an important time and really melted down for the first time this season uh, for a prolonged period. I mean, yes, it melted down in the last four minutes against Northwestern, but it melted down for 16 minutes last night after a key technical call on, on Mason Gillis. Uh, Purdue really went south. Alan, it's Jimmy. I talked about this yesterday, but more for the teams from the Big Ten that will make the tournament that are like your middle-of-the-pack teams, that when you allow the type of physicality that you do in the Big Ten, again, I'm not saying ban that, but you mentioned it with Purdue, how night in and night out, this is a physical conference. They're going to let teams get away with a little bit more than they do in other spots in the country. You kind of just touched on that, but when Purdue does get out of the Big Ten and we're into March – how much does the way they like to play in their style, they're a physical team too, but how much will that kind of alleviated uh, physicality, so to speak, benefit them? It, it could, and that's a big guess. I mean, because you don't want to bank on that. I, right. I think that it'll be, it'll be a situation where uh, Purdue's just got to get better, and that's no secret. That's every team in the country talking about it, things that way. They have to evolve. We've been saying that even – even when they were sitting with one loss two weeks ago. So this is a team that uh, teams have figured them out in the Big Ten. The familiarity breeds contempt, and there's plenty of contempt for Purdue right now. They know how to push around Zach Eady. They know how to push around Fletcher Lawyer, and Fletcher Lawyer's got to get better at least for the rest of the big, you know, the rest of the four remaining regular season Big Ten games and the Big Ten tournament. So, you know, I, I think it'll be a factor. I think Purdue – could be a, is, when you have a guy like Zach Eady, you're going to be difficult for anybody. It Purdue has to force teams to uh, deal with Eady on, on a possession by possession basis. And and lately, in, in Zach Eady terms, even last night, uh, what was it, 18 points and eight rebounds? And when you call that a bad performance, I don't know if I'd call it a bad, but it's a little bit subpar. They need him to be really, really good. They need to rebound better. I never thought Purdue, one of the best rebounding teams in the country, would, would get out-rebounded by 12 last night, as it did by Maryland. Those are all things that Purdue's got to fix, 
you hope that it's a, a short-term problem. But, uh, again, I use the example North Carolina last year, Kansas last year. Kansas lost a couple games uh, to an unranked team, uh, TCU, at that time last year. Right in itself, went to the national championship. North Carolina was barely even talked about making mm-hmm. the tournament. It may be apples and oranges, but I, I do think teams are judged by how much they get better and how they get over the hump over a season with a very homogenous playing field of teams. Uh, there's no great team. Purdue's a, a, a very good one, but they're going to have to reinvent themselves, uh, I think, to get to Houston if that's uh, the ultimate destination for the Boilermakers. Is this an energy thing? Have they run out of gas the last couple of games? Is it just a funk? What's the reason why uh, Purdue has faded in these last couple of games, in your opinion? Well, I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's a little bit, and, and I'm not one to blame officiating. I think the game against Northwestern was really a problematic in terms of the way the game was called. Yesterday was a rock fight that, uh, that Maryland won. Uh, not only uh, uh, from a toe-to-toe standpoint, but also obviously in the scoreboard. But I think there's maybe some of that. I think it's possible that, uh, you know, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, though Smith certainly did some good things last night. Um, You know, they're freshmen, uh, and this is the time of year where a lot of teams do hit the wall for a period of time. Uh, Again, you know, and and this is is, uh, maybe not very satisfying to, to Purdue fans, but uh, I think you would have taken a ten thousand to one odds bet if Purdue, if you just said Purdue would have been twenty three and four after twenty seven games. Uh, it's not all bad. It's all about what Purdue can do moving forward and and get some energy back. They had a chance against a team like Ohio State, who's really uh, laboring at best. The team Purdue barely beat in January, but since then the Buckeyes have gone south. And then they have six days off for what will be a a heavyweight prize fight when Indiana comes to West Lafayette. Rest would probably be a good thing and maybe a little bit of reloading mentally. Uh, couldn't hurt, can't hurt Purdue, I wouldn't think. And the fact that the Boilermakers have three of their last four games at home. Uh, that all will help Purdue, I think, down the stretch. Alan, this question is, is well, I want your opinion on this because it's not a question the team can answer because they don't care. Like we, we you, you and I and Brian that, that are involved in the media, like we get interested in this kind of thing. But Matt Painter is not worried about this right now. But I am because we've been talking about them as the number one overall seed or the projected number one overall seed in the tournament uh, the last two or three weeks now and for different parts of the season uh, and a couple different. Uh, bracketology realm of things and I know that doesn't necessarily guarantee what's going to happen by the selection committee they no longer have them as the top uh, number one overall it's Alabama and a lot of different places Uh, does that concern you at all with this team in terms of the idea of being able to have an easier path as a number one overall in theory versus uh, being uh, the third or fourth best uh, top seed in the country well, I, I don't know that the number one overall seed is really going to matter. Uh, I, I, it would be nice, but I, you know whether Purdue's going to get to that. I think Houston's going to be hard to beat in that situation yep. just because uh, Houston's not going to lose many more games, I don't think, uh, just based on its schedule. That may not be, you know, I may be dead wrong on that as it turns out. I, I think it's important for Purdue to keep the number one seed, over, mm-hmm. in, uh, one of the top four seeds, and the opportunity to hopefully, if you're a Purdue fan, to play in Columbus, Ohio, Maybe, maybe, maybe not uh, play in Louisville for the regionals or Kansas City. You know, you're, you're Purdue. Uh, Purdue had a ter- terrific showing in 2019 down in Louisville when it lost in that crazy loss of Virginia. 
you want your fans close to home. You want a younger team, or at least a, a team with younger guards, to be to have a, to have be as familiar as possible. But you know, Purdue's just got to win. And if you win those games, it'll take care of itself. If Purdue can win uh, for at least three out of the four remaining uh, conference games, it's going to win a share of the Big Ten championship. Uh, guaranteed it'll be outright, in my opinion. There's no way Northwestern's going to win uh, all of its games down the stretch, in my opinion. And uh, you'll be a number one seed in the Big Ten tournament and have a chance to do well there. But uh, uh, you just got to start winning and change that, turn that thing around as much as possible. If you do that, uh, the seed will take care of itself. He's Alan Karpik from goldenblack.com joining us here on The Fan. I want to go back to something you said, Alan, about Zach Eady, and sometimes the team just gets away from him for too long a stretch. Is like, let him touch the ball. Let him go to work. I would compare it to a football team. If the running game is working really, really well, I don't need you to just try to work in the passing game and switch things up. It's like, bro, they can't stop the run. Keep running the ball. Why do you think Purdue gets away from Zach Eady too often for long stretches at times? Well, I think in the last two games, it's the way he's been defended and and or fouled, whatever term you want to use. Uh, <laughs> certainly last night, he was 8 out of 16. Uh, he missed some shots inside. you got to give Maryland credit. Maryland... Uh, uh, bullied him up inside. Northwestern certainly did that. Uh, but yeah, I think Purdue needs to be able to uh, be, you know, be confident in their, in what at times has been a guaranteed basket. And, and yet, what's been interesting too, and, and again, I'm not going to slam on Zach Eady because he has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he should be the Purdue's first big national player of the year since Glenn Robinson, right? So uh, this will be a a guy that, uh, you know, the things where he was getting at 12 and 13, 14 rebounds and two or three offensive rebound baskets, those are coming hard, becoming harder to come by. And whether that means other guys have got to help him on the offensive boards, I don't know. Uh, again, the most troubling stat last night was really the hustle plays and the fact that Northwest, or excuse me, Maryland out-rebounded out Purdue by 12. Again, a number I didn't expect to see this year. Alan, you're the man. Uh, any uh, any damning stories you have to tell us about Todd Meyer, the APD over here? Anything that could get him in trouble with the law? Because we'd love to hear that. He's he's a West Lafayette legend, and uh, I, I don't think that's that's on the police blotter. I think it's just that his academic prowess as a Red Devil. Just telling that great guy, and uh, we've always appreciated the relationship over the years as a fellow West Lafayette grad. Uh, uh, he's he's a good colleague, so no 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 news no no dirt on him at all. Okay, fair enough, Alan. We appreciate your time, man. Hope you have a great day. Thanks, Alan. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you. There he is, Alan Carpick, covers Purdue, publisher for GoldenBlack.com. You know, it's interesting. It reminds me of, like, coincidentally, the IU game against Northwestern is a little bit what Purdue's season is like. So the IU game. If IU starts off great, right, and just fades, fades, fades down the stretch and loses a game by two, you feel a lot worse about it. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday, yep. Right, but the way it played out, they had this sucky first half. You almost forget about it because of the way they fought Mm -hmm. back. It's tied up in the final minute, so it just feels different. I think it's similar with Purdue's season. They've lost two straight, and it feels like, oh, gosh, you know. But if it's the opposite, if they have – I don't know, one more non-conference loss. You almost forget about that. If they lose one of their first Big Ten games, instead of their last two in a row, I think it feels a lot differently right now. Right? Like, it's just, it's a different feeling. It's the same record. They're still 23-4 and regardless. 
but it lands a lot differently if it played out in a different manner than losing their their last two in a row. If in less than a month from now, to your point, Purdue is at the United Center hoisting the Big Ten Championship yeah. trophy. Wouldn't yeah, be shocked you wa- at all. You watch it all, and I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. But yeah, it is, we, and and uh, Todd is a good example of that because he's as passionate of a Purdue fan as, as anywhere. Yes, there, there's a lot of scar tissue within the fan base, and it, it is very easily, I mean, I'd feel that way if it was Indiana with this stretch. They've lost three of four, a lot of doom and gloom right now. But yes, to your point, and I trust Matt Painter to do this because he's shown that he can, if they turn the corner and rally out of this and recapture momentum, whether it is they go, let's say, two and two, like Todd said, in the final four games, if they're able to take that bye and run all the way to the Big Ten title game and win it, even if they don't, if they just show that, yeah, we, we're still capable of stringing together a couple of wins, we're ready for the next challenge that is the big dance, yeah, it'll be an afterthought. Totally. All right, we got a lot to do. Coming up next, it's a skill that most fans don't possess What would that skill be, and what the heck does it have to do with the city of Indianapolis? We will tell you. We will tell you coming up. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Brian though He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. So, uh, Shane Steichen. Going to be uber aggressive here, Jimmy Cook. I can feel it in my bones. He is all business, by the way. He is all business, and I like it. And uh, one of the skills that fans do not possess, that would be patience. Okay? We are low on patience as fans. We want it, and we want it now. We want it immediately. We want microwavable success, right? We don't want to wait for... Something to marinate. You were talking about being a master chef before we got on air. It's <laughs> a gross misrepresentation, but yes, go on. <laughs> you got to sell it, Jimmy. Come on. You got to fake it until an, you make it. I'm an honest man. I don't want to get uh, See, suddenly you can roped lie up into everyone. a cook-off. See, you can They're lie next to level chef listening. on Fox right now. I don't want to get called See, up to that and I mean, have to listen, embarrass you, myself. You can lie with it on air, but at the end of the day, Haley isn't here to defend your misconceptions on not being a great cook. <laughs> they weren't mine. But we don't want, as sports fans, we don't want something to marinate for hours and hours and hours. We want to throw it in the microwave and have, boom, instant results. You're missing out on great pork shoulder. I hear you. I hear you. You're right. But as sports fans, we're all about the microwave. And I just, I did a little bit of research. I didn't do the crack research that Eddie Garrison (laughs) did yesterday on the Buddy Heald slash Reggie Miller comparison, which was awesome. But there are a couple of things to think about here. Now, I am not preaching being totally okay with sucking out loud, right? If the Colts are terrible next season, I'm not going to sit here being like, settle down, everybody. You're overreacting. But a couple of things to keep in mind. If you look at a couple of head coaches in the NFL that were recently hired that got off to really bad starts, and it's pretty much a distant memory now. It's food for thought. Think of Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. So, his first two years, 6-10, and 4-12, and 
Then they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Chiefs. So in year three, they made it to the Super Bowl after winning 10 games in two years. And if you look at the Bengals, another good example, Zach Taylor, his first two years, 2-14, and 4-11-1. And, and that one, though... We're doing a group in that one. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. Was the Burrow injury correct? Definitely, that was the four eleven and one season. So the following season, they make it to the Super Bowl. But the point is, when it's still Zach, there though. Right, when, yeah. when Zach Taylor got there, he took over a six and ten football team from Marvin Lewis, and they regressed. They went from six and ten to two and fourteen. Then they got Burrow. Burrow got hurt. They had another terrible season. Then the following year, they made it to, to the Super Bowl. Almost won the whole thing. But the point is this. If you are in the middle of a 2-14 and 14 season, you're not seeing anything remotely close to the Super Bowl as a fan in the near horizon. You know what I mean? But it could be there. It's happened for a couple of teams. So all I'm saying is it's going to be a process. Don't expect from 4-12-1 to something majestic in 2023. And I think most fans feel that way right now. But when you're in the thick of a season... And it's loss after loss after, oh, there's an embarrassing loss after a real close loss. You start to forget that it's a process and it's going to be a slow, marinated type deal instead of a microwavable uh, a process over here. That's the way it goes. I'm not sure if you mentioned him or not. I think you did. But right now, about to be in the second year of that process would be Matt Eberflus in Chicago, right? I mean, they have their struggles, but they're the, the Bears, and I would argue the Bears are... I mean, I wouldn't really argue it. I think it's a fact. The Bears are a more hungry fan base right now, not just because they're Chicago, but just in terms of, of of championship drought than the Colts are. And yes, it's still Chicago and you lose your mind, but there is a sense of optimism of, okay, maybe we have this quarterback thing figured out. Let's see what happens this offseason. If you can get even a degree of patience in a market like Chicago, and it's not total patience because, again, the rabid fans, they want championships. Here, your mentality shouldn't be as a Colts fan if this is a six and twelve season next year, or six and eleven season next year, that I'm upset and frustrated about it. Obviously, I'm microcosming there. You don't know how the season went. Maybe they started out You're six right. and zero and they lost eleven straight. Yeah, yeah. But if it's an up and down season with your new quarterback, you have to have expectations for growth and opportunity for Shane Steichen. That's why the Colts gave him a six year deal. They envision this being a little bit of a process. How long does the patience last with the fan base and ownership? We'll see. Yeah, and you could play the game of, well, what's different? And, well, that was the Bengals with Burrow. And we said this yesterday with the Jags. You look at Jacksonville, they went from worst two years ago in the division to first this past season. And what was different was Trevor Lawrence was in year two this past year. The Colts rookie is going to be a rookie. So it's not all equal, but you could play this and that with two different rosters and say, well, this is different about theirs. And you can say, well, this is different about the Colts situation. So they might be worse in areas compared to other teams. They might be better in areas than those other teams at the time. So I just think that it's going to be a build and you can't act like, you know, it's close. It's within reach. It's it's going to take a few years to get within reach. And that's okay. That's where they're at. The Colts fan base has had a, a a rough roller coaster of five to seven years, particularly with the Andrew Luck 
abrupt retirement. Again, I understand we don't like saying the name, but the larger point is what it is, is that at that time, the belief in the organization was still, we're too good to have a rebuilding year right now. We need to go out. We need to patchwork this thing, which is why you saw veteran quarterback into veteran quarterback the last couple of years. And there was still this prevailing thought that they are right there with every other contender in the AFC. They are there. They're just a player away. They got to get the quarterback right. I would be stunned. I'd be happy. I would be stunned if that answer in April's draft is immediately. Now we've caught up with Cincinnati. Now we've caught up with Kansas City. Now we've caught up with Buffalo. You're exactly right. Expectations. Again, you're not allowed to not be a fan, but you're going to have a very unhappy season if your ultimate objective is a AFC championship game next year. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, insert quarterback name here. It's just funny to me. I'm thinking about how reasonable we can be right now when there's no emotion that's sort of like tempting us to be unreasonable. You know what I mean? Yes. There are no games going on. It's the middle of February. And so all this is well-reasoned. Emotion is not near us. But imagine in whatever, week six, the Colts are a whisker away from beating one of those top teams that you just mentioned. And all of a sudden, your emotions are stoked and you might be saying crazy stuff. It happens all the time mm-hmm. to numerous fan bases. So I'm re- more so preaching this message for that time. Yes. I think everybody gets it right now. But when you're tempted to be unreasonable and think that you're closer to being a contender than we really are, I think that you can uh, you can run the risk of saying some crazy stuff. I hear this all the time this past season, rightfully so, because people know I like the Chiefs. I ask you when those moments arrive, Colts fans, to remember this past season. You knock off what turned out to be the Super Bowl champions, yeah. and you become 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the year with all of a sudden blank slate, new opportunities, all these hopes and dreams. Maybe Matt Ryan is the answer after all. Went downhill. Yeah. You need to, and that's hard. Fans don't do that. We're, I, I'm a sports fan. You're a sports fan. Eddie's a sports fan. You're exactly right. It's very easy to act rational right now <laughs> when you still got so many different exciting opportunities and dreams. The draft, uh, training camp, preseason, all these things that really don't impact your heart, barring injuries. Yep. And then the season starts and it's week two. And like you mentioned, the Bills come into town or, or wherever the Colts schedule is going to line up next year. It's hard as a fan. I love how psychotic the NFL is. It's amazing that the Colts beat the Chiefs, nearly beat the Eagles, yep. the two Super Bowl yep. teams, and they went 4-12-1. and one. <laughs> It's it's, it's, it's It's why it's my... That and the NBA, but it's right there for me, and, I, and I'm right there with sports fans, and it's my favorite league in the world because you just don't, you don't... I mean, any given Sunday is such a cliche, but it is proven week after week in the league that it literally is. It literally is exactly that. Okay. Uh, We'll get back to the Colts with our guy, James Boyd, Colts beat reporter for The Athletic. I do have it italicized in my notes right there. I'm going to let James know about that. Did you bold James' name or no? Is that too much? I did not do that, but I could do that here in a a couple of seconds here. (laughs) We'll have James Boyd talking some ball with us around the corner. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
Welcome in here. One o'clock hour. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Want to welcome in James Boyd, Colts beat reporter for The Athletic, joining us here on The Fan. James, hope you're having a great afternoon. I would like to say, and I would like some kudos from you, sir. I would like that. I do have The Athletic italicized in my notes right here because I feel like that's the just respect we have to give you before we talk some Colts ball over here, James. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's funny. Even when I write my own uh, articles, my editors always italicize it for me. So I'm still getting used to that. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, man. Um, Where are you now that we've digested Shane Steichen being hired? They're on the search for the offensive coordinator and that whole thing. Where are you now that it's been a week and you've processed this hire being made, your excitement level for the upcoming season and everything else that has to be ironed out with the staff, with the draft? Where are you just in your Colts space right now? I think I'm in a good space. You know, for a while there, we were in no man's land. Like, what the heck is going on? Who are they going to hire? But I think it's a great choice. For the head coach vacancy, obviously Shane Steichen comes in with a lot of quarterback guru knowledge. He's worked with a lot of different guys, different skill sets. I think that kind of just transitions into the draft where you go into, you know, from one huge decision to another huge decision, which in my opinion is the biggest decision. That's you draft a quarterback. And I think given Shane Steichen's background, again, having worked with a variety of quarterbacks, it gives you an advantage to kind of pick his brain on what you think is possible with each prospect and maybe where you go as far as your pick. James, were you surprised with how, uh, covering the beat, how kind of tight-lipped everything was in the coaching search? And then, obviously, we've, we've heard a couple of leaks and rumors in terms of Steichen's staff, but we were talking about this to start the show. Do you think it will be the same level of secrecy as he's putting together his staff? Yeah, I would think so. Um, I think, overall, that whole process wasn't even really about the Jeff Saturday hire, I think it had more so to do with just the way things went the last time that they hired a coach um, and Josh yeah. McDaniels, and then he reneged. And so I, I don't think they really wanted to leak anything, have anything out, anything out there until it was, like, apparent you're going to put this pen to paper. And then obviously they didn't even announce it until the pen was on the paper. And I think that was more so why the reason, you know, it looked like, uh, you know, there was not much going on when it really was. James, you look at the quarterbacks available at the top of the draft. Let's just start before we get into who you like and dislike and anything like that. Are you open to the idea of the Colts trading up from four to number one overall, knowing how heavy that price tag would be? Or are you close to that type of thing playing out? I'm fully open to it, mainly because in this league, quarterbacks matter. So if you think you can get your guy, you go up and get him, and you worry about the rest later. Um, obviously, you know, it would be better if they were just picking number one overall like they've done in years past with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck where you don't really have to think too hard about it. But, um, again, if you can zero in on someone you have a lot of faith in, I don't think you should wait around, get your quarterback, and then build the rest out. Because as you can see, a quarterback makes such a difference, right? I mean, you look at – you know, and in this division itself, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, you get that coach, you get that quarterback, and your team looks totally different from one year to the next. So um, I'm not I'm not close to it at all. I think they should definitely explore it. And, you know, from Jim Irsay's comments during the presser, it seems like he at least um, has one guy in mind, an Alabama guy, you know, Bryce Young. <laughs> James Boyd taking some time with us on the Motor Shop and Fishers Hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Romeoville Kid. He is the beat writer for the Colts on The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. You have a piece up that I believe you just either published or updated today, James, regarding uh, to Brian's past question, the big board for the Colts and 
the idea of maybe Bryce Young, or as you put it, as Jim Irsay said, the Alabama guy being a selection for them. First quick question before I lead into the larger point. You cite a, a friend of the show and Dane Brugler. Uh, did you utilize just his top 100, or did you reach out to him and discuss any of these prospects as working on the piece? No, just re- just utilize okay. his uh, his thing mainly because I don't think people realize this, but all of us, like every beat writer from every team, had to do it. Right, and so uh, you know, out of respect for Dane, sure. who I'm sure is great, um, <laughs> he probably would have to answer a lot of phone yeah. calls, you know, for 32 teams to do a big board. But um, he gives great insight. He's been more plugged in obviously than anybody else, I think, as far as the draft, at least on our side with the athletics. So it was great to kind of look at his analysis, and then some of the guys I mentioned who were you know second and third round potential picks. Not quarterbacks, obviously. I saw some of them at the Senior Bowl myself. So I was able to get my own analysis of what I saw. And so that was pretty cool to kind of just go back and think, like, okay, I did see this guy. And this is someone who Dane thinks is pretty, you know, uh, we're thinking on the same page as far as his skill set and his traits. And so um, it'll be exciting to, again, dive into the quarterbacks, but also the other areas of meet with this team. James, if the Colts, I like that you're open, you're, you're aggressive over here. I like it. if we're at the poker table, you're going all in from time to time. Well-timed aggression. I like it. So you're open to them moving up to number one. If they did that, which quarterback would be your preference for them to draft? Man, I've gone back and forth with Bryce Young or TJ Stroud. I'll say this. I think given... Chris Ballard's like he always, you know, heavily views, you know, physical traits, you know, stuff you can't teach. And then given what CJ Stroud has, I probably lean a little bit more towards him than Bryce Young, mainly because he is six three. He has the frame that would, you know, typically hold up in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then also he has the mobility and, and things like that to, you know, kind of further grow into. That's the biggest knock on CJ Stroud. It's kind of weird, right? He has mobility, he has capability, but he didn't always use it at Ohio State. And so his improvisation, his problem solving, his ability to create, like how much do you trust Shane Steichen? And if he's able to pull more of that out of him and you see more of the version that was in that Georgia game going forward, I think you have your quarterback of the future. It's just with Bryce Young, if he was 6'2", I don't think we have this conversation. I think you say you take him and you're, and you're good with that. But I did a piece uh, a couple weeks ago where it's like over the last 20 or 30 years, of all the teams that have traded up in the NFL draft to draft a quarterback in the first round, only two of them have been under 6'2", and those two were Michael Vick and Johnny Manziel. And obviously one of them was great, and then one of them was not great. And so it's, it's not, not only unprecedented for like Chris Ballard to move up. I know, again, he's a physical trades guy. But it'll be unprecedented for anybody to trade up and draft someone at that height. But again, Bryce Young is special. James, I know this isn't necessarily your preference the way you ordered this in the article, again, this is up on theathletic.com regarding what the Colts might do with their big board, and we'll get into the second round or maybe other needs here in a second, but sticking with quarterback, you highlighted Anthony Richardson, you reevaluated uh, his tape, and you mentioned there are similarities in terms of play style to that of Jalen Hurts, somebody that was, again, another quarterback that Shane Steichen helped develop and get the most out of. What did you see that maybe made you feel like a similar type project could take place with Anthony Richardson if they ultimately end up with him? And maybe what are areas that make you think they should stay away altogether? Yeah, I think obviously the physical gifts are what are, are what's most enticing. I talked to EJ Speed and Isaiah Franklin about this earlier this season, but it was like, man, how hard is it to, you know, guard a guy or defend a guy when he's a, he's a runner and he's a, a great runner. And this is after Daniel Jones had a big day against the Colts. And it's like, man, it, it's really hard to account for, 
you know, that extra blocker when you have a guy in your quarterback who can also be a running back in certain instances. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is a running back at all. I think he's an elite quarterback. But, again, that mobility is, is a factor that you can't always account for, and I think that's where the league is headed. And so um, Anthony Richardson, from that standpoint, is the best athlete of the quarterbacks in this draft. He's a tank. He's got the cannon arms. He's got the elite mobility. But then the drawbacks and maybe why, in my opinion, he's still probably fourth on my list is just – He's such a project. He's just not as polished as you would think um, to draft him as high as the Colts would potentially draft him. You know, he only completed 53% of his passes during his one year as a starter at Florida. Um, that's not that great. I don't think he had – matter of fact, he didn't have any game this past season where he, he completed over 60% of his passes or at least 60% of his passes. And so those are the things where it's like, man, if I'm a franchise that, that kind of wants to take that gamble – you have to really, really have a lot of faith in Shane Spiken to pull it out of him because he is a project. And, it, and to, my, and me, it, to me, it wouldn't be necessarily seeing the progress in year one or even year two. It would probably be like year three or year four. Like, okay, now we're starting to see what this guy can be. He's James Boyd, Colts beat reporter for The Athletic, joining us here on The Fan. I just keep looking at the draft order, James, and I'm doing the math over here. I'm considering the top quarterbacks – and I'm considering the teams that need quarterbacks and where they're slotted in the draft. And I'm wondering if you're anticipating a lot of movement at the top of this draft where teams that need a QB, they're like, screw it, man. We got to go all in. Let's pull vault up to number one. Let's pull vault up to number three and get our guy whatever it takes. Do you anticipate a lot of movement at the top of this draft with teams trying to get their quarterback? It's hard to gauge, but I will say this. This is why I pushed back on the idea from a few fans, and that's not against any fans. I love people commenting, giving their opinions. But you'll hear some of them say, like, oh, there's no clear-cut number one. There's no Andrew Luck in this draft, so just stay where you are and get whoever's left. And it's like – but the order now might not be the order come draft day if you wait. So I think that that's why the Colts would be aggressive if they identify someone they really like. So I think it will be huge, obviously, with the combine starting up here in a couple weeks here in Indy. And then obviously getting these guys in to talk to them, to, even if they don't throw. Um, there'll be pro days coming up as well. These are going to be crucial times to identify, you know, what you like in a guy, both on the field and off the field, and if it's worth investing your franchise in. And I do think that this is a decision that obviously will be tied to Shane Steichen, but even more so to Chris Ballard because to me it's like if you hit on this, you get, you get the franchise quarterback, you're good. You know, you, you, your, your job's safe. If you don't, you know, how long, how much longer do you keep him around? He's in his sixth season going into his seventh. And so um, this is a huge, huge decision. And one, I don't envy um, him for, I don't want to make that decision. I kind of just want to analyze it and give my two cents afterwards. <laughs> James, when you looked at the other two or the other rounds of the draft as you were going through in general, your your mock process or not even really a mock because you were just projecting players that mm-hmm. might be available there. I, I see an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, but I'll see a number of defensive uh, potential selections for the Colts in the second and third round. When you look at this roster, is that where you feel the emphasis needs to be after the quarterback is figured out on the defensive end? Or do you see more opportunity for another weapon or two added on the offensive side in terms of priority list for the Colts? Yeah, I think the priority list should, should be the offense just because that was a unit that was you know, the most um, strugglesome throughout the 2022 season. However, um, I wouldn't be opposed to them, you know, bolstering their edge rushers because they're going to lose, you know, uh, they might, they're probably not going to re-sign Tyquan Lewis because of the injuries and his age. You know, um, Quiddy Pay and Dio have come along, but you might want to add more depth there, whether it's in the draft or free agency. 
Um, wide receivers, is Paris Campbell going to be back? That's not a guarantee. You probably need another weapon you know, in there. And if you can surround a young quarterback with, with weapons, hey, his development will probably be a lot better, a lot smoother. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just addressing the offensive line. And maybe that's where you know, a guy like John Michael Smith, uh, the, the center from Minnesota, do you take him you know, in, the, in the second or third round and you know, find a way to offload Ryan Kelly, who kind of backslid you know, last season? I'm not saying that he can't you know, be what he once was, but it does look like he regressed, and you kind of wonder, can he be that again? And so um, I think the offensive line is the biggest point of emphasis to bolster with this team because, again, if you draft a quarterback and you, know, you might think the world of him, but he can't be anything if, he gets, if he's getting killed. And that's what happened with a lot of quarterbacks this season, no matter who started for the Colts. They all were running for their lives, and it just didn't work out very well. So that's the area of most need to me. And then in the third and fourth and fifth rounds, do you kind of look at you know, your defensive secondary in areas like that where you can get some more depth? So there's a lot of areas of improvement. And I do think that this is a long-term rebuild. For so long, the Colts felt like they were just one quarterback, one player away. But this past season really showed that they just have to rebuild this thing, in my opinion, in an entirely new way and just kind of force themselves into a more modern style of uh, team building. You know, James, it's funny, man. Put quarterback to the side because we're all interested to see how that shakes out. That's the number one question. But outside of that, with everything that you mentioned, O-line, wide receiver, you could go in so many different directions. Which position are you most interested in seeing how the Colts address it this offseason? It's the offensive line, mainly because you, you paid them so much money, right? So it's not as easy as saying, you know, hey, we'll just move on from this guy, move on from that guy. I think Quentin Nelson obviously got better as the season went on. It wasn't up to his standard, but he's still really good. So you keep him. He's a lock. And you like what Bernard Ryman was able to do towards the back half of the season. Do you bring a veteran left tackle length for him to compete against? And I just think things of that nature and those decisions, those questions – are, are the biggest, um, you know, uh, of concern to me because, again, you cannot have your franchise quarterback back there getting killed in his first season because then it becomes harder to even evaluate if he's getting better or worse because he's on his back or, or you know, risking injury and things like that. So um, that's the area that I think that they should address absolutely, um, you know, first and foremost, and then look at the other things. It's basically just like protecting your investments, right? You don't buy a new car and you don't get insurance. You know, you want to make sure that if you get this brand new car, this brand new quarterback, he's got all the, the bells and whistles that you make sure you protect that and put it in a garage for sure. James Boyd taking some time with us in the drivefuber.com studios via the guest hotline. James, you had an opportunity two weeks ago. I don't know if you've been asked about this a little bit to uh, be a part of and cover the senior bowl for the athletic. I know you mentioned in that most recent piece talking about Colts draft ideas that that helped you gauge or familiarize yourself with some of the potential prospects that participated in the senior bowl. What were your takeaways and who stood out that, that maybe you would like or, or see fitting schematically with a Shane Steichen led Colts attack? Man, I'll tell you what, Jaden Reed, um, he's wide from the Michigan state five eleven, kind of a slot guy, but he really ran every single route. And um, he just dominated in one-on-one reps. He, he was easily the, the guy that stood out to me when I watched him practice. And then talking to him afterwards, he's super confident. You know, you're asking, okay, well, you know, people always ask the player, player comp questions, which I don't usually like. It's like, whatever, they're always going to say something outlandish. And he's like, Tyreek Hill, you know, Kadarius Tony, you know, <laughs> the fast guys, take, take the, the top off the defense. And you, you laugh when he says that, but he does have a lot of those traits. And I think that he could be an impact player from day one. 
um, no matter who picks him up. And he's also pretty exciting on special teams as well. Um, another guy who stood out to me at the Senior Bowl, like I said, was John Michael Schmitz. Um, you know, was his Minnesota season this, this past year fantastic, perfect? No, but he definitely showed, at least in my eyes, some nastiness and some wherewithal. We're really like, okay, this is a guy that, you know, could, again, make an impact from day one, be a potential NFL starter from day one, and um, really sure up some things. And I had a chance to talk to a couple of these guys, talk to John Michael Smith, and I asked him, hey, man, what do you want people to know about your game? He's like, did I finish things? Did I, did I, did I get stuff mm. done? Did I, I finish plays? And it's like, that's what you need. And, again, after you've seen the, the offensive line regression this year with the Colts, I think that's an area of improvement. But those two guys stood out to me. Another guy is uh, Caillou Blue Kelly. I hope I'm saying his first name right. From Stanford, the cornerback, he was uh, a baller at you know senior bowl practice, making plays on the ball, um, really shadowing receivers, making life hard for him. And so, again, it was exciting to dive into that stuff. It'll be even more exciting when the combine starts up because, again, we'll all be all over the quarterbacks. There's so many other areas of need and so many other great players that are out there. Um, and then the Colts have picks. They have options to you know get this thing you know going and headed in the right direction. James, appreciate your time, man. You crushed it. A lot of fun today, and uh, we'll catch you down the road for sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, I went and got a haircut finally because I had time to like, actually <laughs> go do something without news breaking, so this was good. This was good. I'm excited for what's to come, and I'll talk to you all soon. For sure, James. Thanks, James. Appreciate that, man. Good stuff. There he is, James Boyd, Colts beat reporter for The Athletic. I have a curious mind. I had 19 follow-up questions to the haircut, you know, like how much did it cost? How much do you tip? You know, sure. do you go with a different hairstyle every now and then? How often do you change it up? Right. Like a million things we could have gotten into with James right there. I mean, I, I'm not going to like totally throw you under the bus, but but you, you had the mic. You, you could have I, I jumped know, in I know. there. I know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I could have. But, you know, he had a nice little walk off like you guys have a good day. He's ready to go. It's, it was time yeah. to, to yeah. move on right there for sure. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, you do make a valid point. I'm, 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 I'm a sport clips guy. I'm pretty simple. They were talking about that on the national show prior to this uh, on Greeny, but uh, uh, I can't remember who's filling in for the life of me now. And I should. Oh, uh, Carlin and Canty? Y- yes, yes, yeah, Carlin yeah, Canty. Yeah. And they were talking about that. So, yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, Have you always gone with the same look over there? I let it go longer in high school, and now I'm pretty much just. High and tight in terms I of the setup. I had flowing locks yeah? for a few years. Mm. Yeah, going back to my heavy metal days, Jimmy Cook. Yes. I had the long locks for sure, like long, you know, like <laughs> to my chest sure. or whatever the equivalent in the you know middle of your back. But yeah, short haircut now. I did for one time. I don't remember why. I might have, I don't know if I lost a bet or something, but I had a mohawk for a second. Awesome. And I was like, why would I just have a normal mohawk? when I could have a blue mohawk. Beautiful. And then I took it to the next level and called it a blue no-hawk. How about that? Huh? You had me until the no-hawk. No, yeah, <laughs> I lost you on that one. By the way, circling back to what James was talking about, a few interesting notes. Getting to the quarterbacks. I love Bryce Young. He's a playmaker. He's a baller. I also, I give him a little nudge, just in terms of likability. I love Love Jimmy Cook that he went back to Alabama and played in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome because it just shows he's a team guy. Yep, it shows that he is about football and not just a paycheck. And th- don't hear what I'm not saying. Yeah, right? and, I, like, and, I, and I am, but I yeah. know you don't mean it that way. I don't but mean I it that way. Sa- I do not, not mean it that way. Yes. I totally get it. If you're a top prospect and you don't want to take a chance and you could get injured, I, I totally appreciate that. I get it. 
But with Bryce Young going out there and saying, I know all of that, yeah. and I still want to be there. This is my last college game. I want to be there for my guys. And he also said, I want to finish what I started. Sure. And they had national championship aspirations. He had Heisman aspirations. Neither of those things were going to happen, and he still went out there. I love that about Bryce Young. With all that being said, he's still a smaller guy. It's like James said, C.J. Stroud, he is just – he's got the better frame. He's more of a a Josh Allen type, right? And I just wonder if Bryce Young being built more like Tua, and we've seen Tua have some injury issues, I just wonder if that's an, a recurring thing with Bryce Young in the NFL. I, I have to consider that. There's two things, and it, we're almost getting to a point where, and I saw some of the YouTube chat saying the same thing. Shout out to the YouTube chat. If you want to be a part of that, go to YouTube.com, search 107.5 The Fan, or search The Fan Midday Show. But... It's getting to a point where, and I know that this is not what Chris Bauer is going to do, which is what I'm about to say. I'm going to take him out of spite because I think he's talented and I'm tired of hearing about the height thing. Like I I love an underdog story and it's not really an underdog story because he's from Alabama right. and he's a potential number one overall pick, but proving doubters wrong on this because of how just talented he has shown he is on the field and how game-changing he can be. The height thing's never getting fixed, right? You look at Anthony Richardson, it's like, oh, well, if he could complete the ball more, he'd be a better... That's fixable, in theory. <laughs> right, Might right. not be fixed, but it could be fixable, could right. be coachable. Can't coach height. A lot Can't better than... Uh, you need to be taller. So, so I get that. I do. <laughs> but... And the Tua thing, and this isn't like... I'm not trying to go after you right away, but yeah. I hear that, and it's like, well, not all of Tua's have been because... He's run around being le- reckless and he's too tiny. It's unfortunately his head is just hit in the wrong place multiple times. Yeah. So one of them was on a sack. Like yeah. that's not, that could happen to anybody. It doesn't matter how tall you are. But some of that with Tua, and I'm not saying Bryce is like this. Sure. Some of that is, bro, you got to get rid of the football. Like Tua is just. But that's different though, right? That, that height is different than decision making. Sure, just sure, to, absolutely. You are right though. That's yes. how you alleviate that. But that's why like, I get the whole running quarterback fear like everybody said oh and it worked on RG3 but it didn't work on Lamar Jackson which is all running right. quarterbacks that are always going to get hurt I mean I know Lamar did deal with injuries the last couple oh, of seasons yeah. but it's not to a point where you think he's retiring he does have to modify how he plays that's the nature of the NFL but it's not a knock to me if you're a smaller guy if you can still perform the tasks at hand I, it, it's one of those things where if he ends up being a top seven quarterback in the league in four years, Bryce Young, you're going to look back at that scouting report and laugh at its face. Oh, he's undersized because he's 5'10". Well, I think a couple of things. I think with Lamar Jackson, when he's upright, he's a playmaker. Yes. We all know that. The problem is he hasn't been upright to finish the last two seasons, and it's wrecked the Ravens' last two seasons. Use Hurts then. And he's only two – he hasn't been in the league as long. Yeah. But he knows how to pick his spots. And a lot of that's designed too, but it's yet – I mean, I guess he did get hurt this season, but it wasn't – Right. It wasn't like wreck your season, can't come back from it. So much of that is – is it because he's a mobile quarterback or is it because injuries just happen sometimes? That's my – Well, it can be both. Right. It can be. But I just think of – and you might throw things at me. I'm not sure. I'm not I'm, <laughs> I'm trying, water, to, trying I'm not to read gonna. you right here. But um, if you look at Tua and Justin Herbert, and I'm just wondering if it's similar, okay. similar to Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, where you just think of the durability thing, just taking hits, absorbing contact. If you are going to be moving around, which, which Bryce Young is going to be, I don't want to treat this guy like he's going to be broken in right. any second now. 
But it's something you got to consider. If you look at Tua and Herbert, where they are a few years in, where they project to be, just start with health. Just start with general health. And it's not a mystery why that's the case. Like Tua is just a more wiry guy than Justin Herbert is. Justin Herbert is more of the, you know, the prototype. He's got the bigger frame. And I see similarities between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And I think it would be reckless not to consider oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. To be clear, I'm not sitting here taking off the table. I just, I feel like, and if it is the exception of the rule, then anybody, and I don't want to say this, but I guess it's what the NFL is telling you. Brian's not, I'm not trying to drag him in the weeds here. But the NFL is telling you, kids, if you're short, don't dream of being the, like, <laughs> like, I just, that's where I'm at almost with this. Like, I, I don't know if Stroud or Young is going to have a definitive, better NFL crew. And I'm using them because they are the 1A and 1B in the national conversation. Could Levis be great? Could Richardson be, be great? Absolutely. But the trend appears to be, it's going to be the first two off the board are Young and Stroud. And if that's the case, if the only knock that I'm hearing is, well, he's short and there hasn't been a ton of those in the league, I really like Kyler Murray. Like, I, I, I just, the, the, the fun of him, I'm not saying like I think of him as like a top 10 or 15 quarterback or whatever. He's getting paid like one, but I really like the idea of Kyler Murray. Whether he has a work ethic issue, whether he's a diva, if any of those are true, I, I don't know. I'm not in those circles. But, like, when the Cardinals initially gave him that contract, I was like, yes, that's what you do because you think he's your franchise. That's the risk that happens in the NFL when you're ready to pay your quarterback. But if the Colts had Kyler Murray same spectrum without paying him, I would be like, okay, this is fun. Let's see what happens. And then you've had the off the, not off the field stuff, but the Call of Duty joke and, and right, all that. Right, right, right. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think enough for me. It has to be considered, but it's not my baseline decision is because he's two inches taller, yeah. I'm not going to pick him. I, fair, fair. Or shorter. I, I think it's one of those where if things are pretty even, like you've just evaluated yeah, these two players, stuff. And, and that's a way to break the tie, that to me is something that you would consider to break the tie. That isn't something I would consider to just make my entire argument on. But I think it's one of those things where it's one thing if you're like Drew Brees and you're undersized and you're routinely in the pocket, you might move around a little bit but you don't run around a ton. Well, that's different than Kyler Murray. He yeah. runs around a lot. Yep. Like, like, which guy is Bryce Young going to be like? Is he going to be short and stylistically more like Drew Brees, or is he going to be short and stylistically more like Kyler Murray? Because yeah. if it's the latter, eh, it could be an issue. Sure. Yeah. And at that point, you're we're obviously getting way too in the weeds fast forwarding it that far out. But yes, then that's a whole nother decision that you have to come up with of, are you going to pay your quarterback? And Cardinals did it with a quarterback that I would argue is less talented than Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Ravens haven't done it, but they have that injury issue right now with Jackson. And do they fully believe in committing the astronomical amount of money that quarterbacks make? Think about that. Think about their hesitancy. Deshaun Watson signed a fully guaranteed $230 million dollar deal. The Ravens offered Lamar Jackson $133. It's insane. They, they offered him $133 guaranteed. And it's like their hesitancy shows you like – Injuries, that, that's a big deal. Like You, you got to take that into account for sure. I take that more. I know we got to go to break, but I take this more into he's not a franchise guy. It's I, I know the injuries factor into it, but that type of pay difference, and that was before, correct me if I'm wrong on this, that was before this season when they made that offer to him, right? The 180 or whatever right, it was. Right, yeah. And then he has injuries again this year, so maybe you're like, oh, well, we got to take that into account. That's less an injury thing and more 
We saw what the Cardinals just did, and I think they got it wrong. And I'm looking in the mirror. I'm looking at the rest of the AFC. I don't think we have it right. And the, and that's where you get the tag involved. If they tag him, they, I mean, the Ravens are going to have nobody to blame but themselves if this turns into a drama-filled fiasco, which it might already be there with Lamar Jackson. And that's just an area you don't want to be within a franchise. And that's after you drafted the right guy. Like, we're right here with the Colts of step A of this challenging uh, maze you have to go through of life with an NFL quarterback. Do you draft the guy? And then when do you pay him? And those are two areas of stress for NFL GMs. By the way, two seconds. I just noticed. Did you change the color of your wedding band right there? No, uh, same one I wore yesterday. Same one? But I I have... uh, I use the silicone bands. I have a. It looked black band. yesterday. It looks red no, today. The same one I wore yesterday. Okay, I'm kind of disappointed. I do, I was, there, is, there is a black one that I do have, but I, I, I wore the red. I was hoping you wore the red to color coordinate with the red T-shirt today. I was hoping. I, I I have you know I would love to say I have a <laughs> impressive sense of fashion, but no, that wasn't quite. No, that it was today. not quite no, it. Okay. No. All right, coming up next. This is a huge step, massive step in the right direction. We'll have details for you. I'm Brian. No, he's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Oh, man. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We've got some great news over here. I don't know if you're as giddy as, about this as I am, Jimmy Cook. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. So um, it all ties back to the NFL. I can't imagine you're clearing your weekend schedule so you can watch the XFL this weekend. I'm going to make an assumption. I was going to ask you about that. The answer is <laughs> no, but... Is there a chance if I'm just absolutely bored out of my mind? Like I don't know what the forecast is, but if it's like yucky this weekend, yeah, you can still bet on those games. I think absolutely. Who's to can. say I wouldn't just be reckless and put twenty bucks on a on a prop or on a over under? I've got some betting news yes. for you in a second here, but how about this? So the XFL and the USFL, mm-hmm. when that rolls around here, they are going to ditch the worst rule in the NFL, the rule where. If you're the ball carrier, you lunge for the pylon, you fumble out of the end zone, and the other team, without recovering the ball, they not only get possession, they get possession at their own 20-yard line. The XFL and the USFL said, you know what? That's dumb. So if you fumble the ball, if it's not recovered by the defense, like everywhere else on the field, you don't get possession the offensive team gets the ball back where they initially fumbled from. That is a breath of freaking fresh air. I've railed against this for years in the NFL. I hope they adopt this rule as well because it makes literally zero sense. Why would you be awarded possession when you don't recover the fumble? It's never made sense. I've never, like, again, this is one of those things that hit me yesterday where I've never had like a passionate thought about it. I never sat down and because there's so much things as you learn as a as a, a child about the NFL, and that's why they give out pamphlets when you're over in England for the games. Uh, there's so many rules, and so I've never thought about like where I lean on that. But I'm not mad about it. I just 
that's going to, I feel like that's going to take a minute to figure out, okay, well, where did he fumble the ball? Do we put it to one versus yeah. I think if you lose it in the back of the end zone, maybe you bounce it back out to the 10 or the, or the 15. Yeah, there, there have been some suggestions but about that. I don't know. I'm not, this is, my thing, caught me off guard because yeah. again, you've done a great job about the last two days of not giving me anything going in. Uh-huh. So I feel misinformed, <laughs> but I don't know. It's not going to make me want to watch the XFL anymore or less, but it is a fascinating decision on their part. Well, I just look at it like this. Let's say the Colts. Jonathan Taylor's carrying the ball, and he's near the sideline at the 10, and he fumbles out of bounds. Well, guess what? It's the Colts' ball at the 10. Why is it different if he fumbles at the 1, and it goes out of the end zone where the other team gets the ball at their own 20? It's stupid. It's never made any sense, and I commend the XFL and the USFL for saying, we're changing that. It doesn't make any sense. And the other part is this. You are, by having that rule, you're discouraging highlight offensive plays. If you're smart at all with the NFL rule, you're not going to lunge the ball out there for the pylon, for the goal line, unless it is securely in your grasp. And maybe there's a mistake that's made. Maybe you get hit. Maybe you don't have possession while you try to cross the goal line. And guess what? Not your ball anymore if it goes out of the end zone. So you are the NFL unintentionally. And think of all the things they've done to get better offense, to have more fireworks. You have a rule that's discouraging highlight real plays where you jump at the three, you dive for the pylon. It's a stupid play I to do that right now. I keep back and forth. You're pulling me in, and then I'm like, well, maybe this is the moment I become an old man and say, no, they've done enough to the defense. This is their last line of defense. Punch the ball out of the ball carrier's hands, out of bounds in the end zone, touchback. We did it, man. By the way. But then you're like the offensive highlight plays, and I'm like, yeah. now all of a sudden I see Josh Allen trying to fly through the yeah. air and dunk the basketball yeah. over the pylon because he's great. not worried about it. It's great for the NFL. Why would you discourage that? Their rule discourages yep. that from happening. And by the way, it doesn't happen often, but it has happened before where a defense gets a takeaway. They're running the other way. I've seen mm-hmm. defensive teams get bitten by the same rule. They've lunged for the pylon, fumbled before he got there. Sure. The other team gets the ball at their 20. Oh, I hate it. I freaking hate it, Jimmy. I don't have that passion, but I I love offense. So sure, I'm down. There Let's you go. go. You're Eddie, you, you guys, been, Mike. you guys talking about this has just like struck this idea. Me and a couple of buddies the past couple of days have been going over this conversation of like officiating and rule changes and whatnot. Yeah. With how bad it's been in the Big Ten, and we've been talking about that last couple of days between IU and Northwestern, Purdue, Maryland, Purdue, Northwestern. What are some college basketball rules that you would want changed? To me, there are two right away that stand out. There's one immediately. I, I want you to, to move the ball to half court like the NBA. Thank you. Yeah. That's one. Absolutely. The, the advancement on the timeout, yes. I agree. That was yeah. one for me. The other one was a couple years ago, it was about five, six years, you saw James Harden and a lot of players in the NBA generate first contact, get the foul call, go to the free throw line, and I feel like that's kind of where college basketball is right now. Mm-hmm. They're about five to six years behind the NBA where these where the players offensively are generating contact and forcing contact, getting the foul call, going to the free throw line. When you're on defense, you can play solid defense, but mm-hmm. the guy generates contact, they right. see it, foul call, and it's on you. I, I like it where if I have my position and you just run into me, that should be on you. Yes. That should be a foul on you. I would say something else that I would like to see tweaked in college is – I would like them to be a little bit more liberal with continuation. They are so strict where if you get bumped, 
and you don't dribble the ball and you take another step and lay it in, that should be continuation. Kind of like in the rarely, NBA. They rarely reward that. By the way, the NBA has gotten a lot more strict with that, too. They, with yeah, there's times where it can be really loose. Like, you can get, you, yeah. you anticipate it, so you tuck the ball. Yeah. Next thing you know, you see LeBron James getting contact at the free throw line, lay up th- two steps later, and it's like, and one. It's like, okay, come on. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> they've been a lot more strict with that lately, Jimmy. What would you like to see change? Anything? College, NBA, NFL. What do you want? Get rid of the possession arrow. I want to jump ball. I want to jump ball in college basketball. Jump it up like men. Come on, college hoops. Yeah. Yeah, it is faster, though. I do like the the speed, but, you know, I'm more on the jump ball side. Yeah, I think that, again, good on the spot. I was trying to think of rules that really irk me. Um, Being assessed a personal foul when you pick up a technical foul. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, that 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 one bugs me a little bit too, for sure. But yeah, I mean, in overall essence, that's what you have to have in these. Going back to your original point about these, not in new leagues, it's the second or third, I guess, iteration of the XFL and the USFL back in the spring as well. You have to be innovative in some regard, try to yeah. test the boundaries, yeah. do something that's going to attract even a little bit more eyeballs of intrigue and interest, and. It's not too over the top like the uh, original XFL run where you had the fight <laughs> the for coin the fumble to, to start the game. His fight for the yeah, coin toss yeah. and someone has a separated <laughs> shoulder. And yeah, they're doing a few other things here. So the XFL, they are they're allowing you to challenge anything for one time. You you only have one challenge and you can do it for penalties included. Absolutely, everything's anything, up for grabs. Okay. Anything you can do that. They're going to have and I like this. I could see this in the NFL one day. The NFL, you just have the uh, coach-to-player communication in the helmet for one offensive player, one defensive player. In the XFL, they're allowing 15 coach-to-player communication devices in helmets. Is it still timed? Does it stress that at all? Because because uh, like when you're trying to get the play in, there's oh, a yeah, timer. I'm sure, cut, yeah, I I'm figure, sure okay. there's a timer. Okay. I would yeah. imagine it does. But think about that, too. If you want more action, more plays, instead of just relaying it to the quarterback – and then he's got to relay it to everybody else. If you just relay it to everyone pretty much at the same time, boom, you're off and running. You, you might have more action that yeah. way. I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, it, it would it impact – this is getting deep in the weeds. Would it impact home field for a place because you are trying to get the play in it? Would that <laughs> – would like Foxborough, you, yeah, all saying, fifteen we'll your, go out. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Try to get the play. Gonna get, gonna get uh, <laughs> just, just all kinds of just cyber warfare between <laughs> Phil Belichick's gonna have a new just uh, whole wing of his coaching yeah. staff just firing. Uh, you guys will like this. So uh, the XFL and ESPN are leaning into gambling with betting odds. And the over/under to be, to be displayed next to the uh, game score and clock. It's just going to be there the whole time, fluctuating. Like, hey, by the way, here's the here's the uh, total. Didn't didn't they talk about doing that, or didn't the what was the uh, what was the uh, league that popped up on CBS? Like the first one of these, let's take a shot at it. Like the AAF three years ago. or the something. AAF. D- didn't the AAF or the USFL like try to do that last year too, it, or? I'm, Maybe it was the XFL. I can't I remember, but I don't have a problem football. with that. Yeah. I don't have a problem with you that. You don't like it? No, no, I, no, I do not. I oh. do not have a problem with that. Oh, you I'm, don't? I'm totally no. fine okay, with I was like, to, to clarify. Jim, Jimmy. No, no, sorry. No, I'm, I, anytime you can make it easier on the viewer to, to know what's going on right. or see line movement, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that if you are, are a degenerate like myself, you always think like, oh, big play has happened there. Let's go open the book and, and see where things sure. are moved. Sure. But to have it in front of you, I mean, that's... 
makes it a little bit more interactive and there's no sense Dude, hiding anything. I mean, it, that's the thing. We is, know what's going on. For anybody listening, you might be opposed to gambling. Sure. You you might just not do it. That's fine. But you got to recognize it's a smart business move. Oh yeah. It's the XFL. This is not the NFL. Okay? You're just trying to establish yourself as a spring football league. If you can get people more interested in your product because they bet on it, why wouldn't you go down that road? You have to. And if things like that, I mean, I guess any rule change the XFL was to utilize. I mean, it could always be copycatted or carbon cockied by the league. But if you were to go ahead and go with adding more elements to the scorebook or whatever, that's where I'm interested to see, well, what does the NFL do? Do they like that? Do they decide to? And that's, I think, how you know, as one of these spring leagues, well, we're doing, we made a right call there. If the league ends up copying what we did. Yeah. Something's, something's right. We've done yeah. something well there. Yeah, absolutely. You get a you get a little uh, pat on the back from the NFL. Like, ah, yeah, it was a nice idea, wasn't it? <laughs> to your overall point, too, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll send you a raise. We'll give you some. Here's, here's, so we'll, we'll invest in you there. But for my money right now and why the XFL is going to lose for me, maybe the, maybe the USFL does better since it's going to be further in the spring. College basketball still, and that might be countrywide, but for right. me... College basketball is still going to be the first thing I turn to on uh, Saturday or Sunday right now uh-huh. with where we are in the calendar year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, I love the innovation. I'm all about grabbing more attention to your, like you mentioned, spring league. Yeah, you peek out of curiosity. Is it really a country where there's no football fatigue? This is not an NFL product. Yeah. Well, and, and that's I, I what I'm interested to see. There's absolutely going to yeah. be some fatigue yeah. because it's not the same product. No, it's, it's not, not even close. It's not. By the way, super, super fast. Would you rather have one challenge where you can challenge anything or would you rather have the current NFL model? It's the current one and I'll tell you why. Because let's ignore that base question and take part of it, which is you could challenge penalties in that scenario. The league showed, and the reason why it Mm -hmm. failed when you could challenge pass interference is that they are not going to betray one of their own unless it's blatant and obvious. Mm -hmm. The numbers showed more often than not they confirmed what the call was on the field. So because of that, I don't even want to be tempted by challenging a penalty. Just give me the two and I'm fine. Okay. All right. You? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I would probably lean toward the current system. Because only one challenge, that's like the NBA. You get one challenge and that's it. The crazy thing with the NBA, they overturn stuff all the time. They They go to the replay and I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do with this. There shouldn't be a fear of being penalized for, hey, you know what? We got it wrong. We're going to overturn it. But more often than not, and I get it, it's different between like a a hand check or a goaltend versus what's the definition of pass interference. But yeah, more often than not, they stayed with the call on the field right or wrong. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, our hard times as sports fans are just getting worse. How dark is that? In one aspect. It's not all getting but In one aspect, it's just getting worse over here. A gripe session around the corner. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian No, He's... Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Jimmy Cook, here on The Fan. Are you a karaoke guy over there, Jimmy? You ever get down with that? I'm not against it, but I don't like seek it out. But yeah, if you're like, yeah, we're going to go karaoke bar, sure, sure. But I... 
I can probably count on one hand the amount of opportunities that I've had of karaoke bars. That sounds exactly like a lot of people's stance on country music. <laughs> I'm not against it, but I don't yeah, seek it out. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a lot of people yeah. fall into that boat. I did karaoke one time. I'm sure I've done it a couple of times, but I did it one time. I've played guitar for over half my life. I can play guitar. I'll bring the accent here sometime and just wail. I'm all here for it. Okay. But I cannot sing a lick. And I sang this song, and I'm hearing myself in the speaker, obviously. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just singing one note. It's just one note the whole time. There's no range. There's no up and down. It's just one note. I'm like, this is terrible. (laughs) I I don't know how to correct that, but there we are. Not a singer. Established. I mean, I at least you learned, right? You got you got a clear cut self awareness answer out of it. Not somebody had to sit you down and be like, "Hey, let me give you a horror story real fast." Uh Okay, I was in college at Ball State, and I told you yesterday my minor was classical guitar. Part of this minor, they made you take a course called sight singing. Again, I'm not a singer, so what you had to do, the concept of this, they would give you a sheet of music you've never seen this before and you had to sing it in time you know you had to sing it in pitch you had to like locate the key what it was and you had to sing it in what they called solfege the do re mi stuff i i i don't know how to do any of that so it's like as a guitar player all summer it was a summer school class i'm just sitting in front of my guitar or piano just trying to match pitch just like bing, do, <laughs> like so. That's home. So you have to watch this. The test is here's the sheet of music, and you have to do, so do, or what? Sure. Nightmare, nightmare. This had to be a required course for that minor. Absolutely, okay. it was. All right, okay. And I think they just had mercy on me because I don't, I don't know how I got through that. Okay, we got to get to this. Our hard times as sports fans are just getting worse. Okay. I'm, I'm confused by this because my team just won the Super Bowl uh, like no more than four days ago, but please enlighten me on how my life as a sports fan is dark. The city as a whole, you're right on though. Like this, this market, yeah. it's been dark days for Pacers and Colts for a handful of years now. Nothing like that. I'm Big taking, picture. I'm taking you to the NBA All-Star Uh-oh. weekend over here. Now, I love me some All-Star weekend. I do too. But the dunk contest. Again, this isn't breaking news it has not been star-studded for a long, long time. But we have sunk to a new low. Oh, no. Have you seen this field over here? Mac McClung? What are we doing? How can we stand for this as a nation with Mac McClung in the <laughs> dunk contest? We went from Jordan and Dominique to McClung. What is this? What are we doing? Okay, so those are those are two different conversations. If the conversation just star power is gone, yes, yes it's crazy to go from <laughs> uh, from Dominique to Jordan to McClung. I agree. Wow. But and again, this is why I'm I am I'm hopeful because Eddie said the same thing and I, I understand I'm in the minority on this. I'm also a big NBA fan, so I'm probably, you know, I'm I'm uh carrying the water for the association, so to speak, here a little bit. I nice covered job. I thank you. I covered back McClung uh, on the AU circuits, it, it, he played Butler a handful of times when he was at Georgetown. Kid can dunk. Mm-hmm. Kid's electric. 
I am optimistic that even though it's a no-name field, maybe they do. It's one of those things where, oh, this is going to be horrendous, and then it surprised right, you. Right. And maybe that is the plan overall by the NBA is yeah. we're going to throw out all these no-names, everybody's going to be mad, and then they're going to light it up, and it's going to be like, wow, it's the best dunk. It I mean, has to be the be- best dunk contest because the bar is so low. And no offense to Buddy and Tyrese, the three-point contest itself, it's oh, not yeah. star-studded either. I mean, it's... Damian Lillard, more Buddy, so Tyrese, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. I mean, you have Kevin Herter. Everyone knows he can shoot, but... You got Tatum. You got Tatum. He's not a great three-point shooter. but he's a name, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're, I understand Steph's hurt, but like, where are those elite three-point shooters in the NBA? I think there's only two that are pl- playing in the contest that are top 28 in three-point percentage. Yeah, but still. It's like our standards for the three-point... Yeah. Compared to our standards for the dunk contest, we have no standards anymore for the dunk contest. This is an absolute last ditch effort by the NBA. Like, well, we got to have a field, right? These are the. It was like Tyler Huntley being an AFC quarterback <laughs> in the Pro Bowl. Like, no, but we had no other takers. You know, we got to go with Tyler Huntley. Hey, he's shining in the skills challenge. He had two touchdown <laughs> passes in the regular season. You know that. My question is this: Mac McClung. What would be the equivalent of a no-name in the three-point contest as Mac McClung is to the dunk contest? Who would it be? Would it be like Robin Lopez in the three-point shootout? Who would it be where you're like, what is this? Man. I mean, I don't, it would have to be because McClung is in primarily in the G League. That's where, he, So it would have to be somebody from those primarily ranks. Primarily in the G League. Gabe York. Traveling queen. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I, I'm not against it. Look, I get it. I know the. I'm not Gosh. defending the field. I'm just holding out <laughs> I hear with you. a fingertip, dangling I off this cliff. I hear that it's, you. it's still going to be exciting. I hope so. I really do. I will take all of this back on one condition. Okay, what's that? If Mac McClung takes off from the free throw line, <laughs> does a somersault in midair. Balances himself on the top of the backboard and then slams it home. I take all of this back. Well, you need to call him then and help him <laughs> choreograph his routine because something tells me that's not going to be his immediate answer for his his, his his dunks that he plans on partaking in. By the way, uh, who you got in the three-point shootout? Here's the field for everybody. So Jason Tatum, Kevin Herter, who's pretty good from three, you know, doing his thing with the Kings. Tyler Hero. Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Dame. Anthony Simon's going to be replaced most likely by Julius Randle of the Knicks. Probably going to be Julius Randle. And then Lowry Markinen. Who you got in that thing? Give me Buddy. Going Buddy. Give me Buddy. You got the odds on favorite right there. Oh, is the odds? I, I can't find it on, on DraftKings because oh, I'm too I old. Oh, man, I want to see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not too old. I'm 28. This is embarrassing. I just can't find it. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm going Heald. I was just slandering <laughs> FanDuel earlier. <laughs> So uh, I'll check it out on there because I know they've got it. Oh, there it is. We you did got it. it. We're back. You got it. What? A, Who knew? It was rattle separate. off the odds. It's for only us, only three point contest is there, but we got okay. Wait, there are no odds for Mac McClung yet. No, we don't have All that. Right. You know what? I'm I'm, I'm putting. I, I I don't know what it's going to be. It's not going to be that much money. Maybe twenty bucks. I'm putting a future on McClung once I find it somewhere to bet it. But for the three point contest, Damian Lillard and Buddy Hield are co favorites at plus four twenty five. Tatum is plus 500. Tyler Hero is plus 550. Kevin Horner is plus 550 as well. Tyrese Halliburton is plus 
600. Lloyd Markin is plus 650. And Julius Randle plus 700. I will say, if you're price. trying to invest in this and you want to make some serious coin, you're I'd, the prop king. I'd, I'd, I'd go rather go over to FanDuel for this. Yeah. Going We're not off, sponsored by anybody. So you can I know. I know. Yeah. I'd rather go over to FanDuel for this because you have Buddy Heald at plus 420. Lillard plus 470. Tatum is plus 550. Same oh, with wow, Kevin yeah. Herter. Markin in is plus six fifty, uh, along with Tyrese Hero plus eight hundred, and Randall is plus nine fifty. Wow, yeah, you get better, you better uh, bang for your buck. Yeah, absolutely, right there. Can I bet on also the dunk I have, contest on Fanduel or no? I don't know. It's Open not it up, on there you yet. cowards! It's, I, Let oh, me bet foolishly whoa, on Mac McClung. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Cowards, I say. Whoa, we're starting to get into the Fran McCaffrey pink a little <laughs> bit. Guess the odds. Is he plus sixteen hundred? Is he sixteen to one? How how far are the odds? It's only a four man field. I, I, so. I bet he's. I bet he's plus. I'll go with the Randall range. I bet he's plus like seven hundred or plus okay, seven fifty. Okay, that's about right. Yeah. That's about right. Mac McClung, gonna win it. You heard it here first. Gonna win it and electrify Gosh. Salt Lake City. <laughs> All right. I mean, that would be the place to you know. <laughs> I am just saying. It's low bar, is what you're saying? I, I'm just saying, like, uh, not a whole lot of diversity over in Salt Lake City. So <laughs> the Great White Hope emerging victorious. That would be yeah. a great venue yeah. uh, for it. All right, we've got Kevin Bowen, morning host on The Fan. He'll join us right around the corner. A lot of different directions. I wonder if he's uh, outspoken about the touchback rule in the NFL. I wonder if he's outspoken about Mac McClung in the dunk contest. We got to find the 30% chance Kevin knows Mac McClung's in the contest. And he follows it closely, but I don't know if he has that much pulse or interest on it. Yeah, we'll talk Colts, Pacers, IU. We got a lot to get to. That's on the, around the corner. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian No. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. He's Jimmy Mac McClung fanboy cook. Over here. Oh, you want fan. the headline before we go to KB? So sure. I give you the headline. Let's hear it. Let's hear this it. This from Bleacher Report the other day. Uh-oh. 76ers Mac McClung teases two never-before-seen dunks for 2023 Slam Dunk Contest. Quote, there's at least two dunks that I know have never been done in any contest. Get ready, basketball fans. Now Let's is, go. Is that a true statement, 76ers Mac McClung? Yes. Yes, because Eddie, you can confirm this because I know you saw the report yes, or okay. earlier this week. But yeah, he's he's in their G League affiliate now. He's been activated and mm. signed a contract. With Was the this Adam Silver strong arming the 76ers into uh, <laughs> giving him a an official contract <laughs> so he could be 76ers Mac McClung? I mean, Shams the one that tweeted it, so uh, you'll take it up with him. Okay, all right. Let's uh, welcome in Kevin Bowen. Morning host here on The Fan, Kevin and Query joining us here on the show. Um, a lot of directions we're going to go in, Kevin. Are you uh, are you giddy about Mac McClung in the dunk contest tomorrow night? Boy, giddy is not the word I would use. Hyped? Um, well, no, I wouldn't go there either. <laughs> I, I, I'd say I guess I'm, I'm content that that is my viewing on a Saturday night. Yeah, I don't know what what we got to do. We, we, we got to uh, we got to sweeten the pot. We got to put a million dollars on the line. We got to do something. We can't be having. We have D list dunkers. We need to get back to like B level dunkers. 
Right? I'd be thrilled with B-Level right now. B-Level, what's that song? And it feels like heaven is so far away. That's what I feel about the dunk contest. The B-Level dunkers feel so far away right now. It's a joke at this stage. Well, honestly, we need to put the three-point contest last. Yeah. You know, on, on Saturday night. You know, I mean, you look at the star power in the three-point contest. I mean, you got two of the top ten players in the NBA. Jason Tatum and Damian Lillard. I mean, you got Tyrese Halliburton. You have multiple, at least three, if not, I think Markkinen is playing in the All-Star game. Yeah, like half the three-point contest guys actually playing in the All-Star game, if not more. So, yeah, Jimmy, Mac McClung, I've seen him dunk before, certainly. Watched him, you know, play Butler in his Georgetown days. And, boy, I guess that might be the best thing Georgetown basketball has going for it. Spite right, right is now. fueling it right now, but I've never wanted an individual athlete. Uh, well, that's not true. It's, this might be a top-10 moment individual athlete to have a historic performance in a contest. I'm, I'm really on the Mac McClung train now. Really am. You're fully uh, back. I've gone to bat for Bryce Young and Mac McClung today. (laughs) One of those is probably safer than the others, but you can choose which one. Let's hit on that, Kev. Uh, We're talking about quarterbacks, obviously. Colts' biggest decision they have. Are you team Bryce Young, team C.J. Stroud, team feel it out right now? Where are you right now? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to make me pick a team, it is probably Bryce Young. I I just think he's such a dynamic player. I know we fall into the trap of look at what Alabama has. I mean, to be totally honest, did Alabama have normal Alabama at the skill positions this year? I would argue no. Right. Um, I I think Bryce Young is really, really dynamic. I understand the height. I get it. You could throw all the numbers at me, and, and those are obviously concerning to a degree, but I just think he's pretty unique. It can be the outlier of the group. Um, what CJ Stroud did in the national semifinal was pretty darn impressive. And I don't necessarily be like, Oh, he's Ohio state quarterback. You know, he's not going to do anything in the NFL. It's a really lazy argument. I think you got to evaluate all of them individually. So I, there would be a level of contentment with CJ Stroud. There'd be a levelment of, well, I levelment. There'd be a level of somewhat giddiness. If you want to go back to the giddy word with Bryce Young. Kev, we had on James Boyd earlier today, and he, like you, has been looking at the next stage of this offseason, which is the draft and, and the coaching staff, but sticking with the draft for a second, he was looking at potential quarterbacks to be taken, not ranking them, but just listing scenarios where he could. And he highlighted Anthony Richardson as he went back and looked at the film, and even though the rawness of him and the fact that he's a project and his completion percentage are marks against him, a lot of similar traits to Jalen Hurts coming out of college in general and what Steichen was able to get out of him over the last two seasons but where the Colts are in the draft what would be your initial reaction today if today was the draft and they took Richardson at four yeah I I understand a little bit of that comp I I think it's a massive discredit to Jalen Hurts' college resume to go much further than that outside of the physical attributes I mean Anthony Richardson at times was frankly got awful at Florida and then just from a win-loss standpoint you know much different than again what Hurts was able to accomplish um you know it, it's fascinating because if these four guys played linebacker for example and they had just basically turned their measurables into linebacker measurables you know Bryce Young might be last of the four Chris Ballard would would pick you know he tends to operate with give me the big time physical traits the testing numbers the combine stuff and we'll figure the rest out. High character is something that obviously matters to Ballard. Uh, but again, quarterback is just a unique animal to where above the shoulders matter, matters so much. Like you watch Bryce Young operate in the pocket, 
And it reminds me, honestly, a little bit of your guy, Jimmy, in that the eyes are always downfield. There's no panic. There's nothing that, you know, he doesn't seem nervous or rattled back there. I think that's such a hard element to to teach. So number four would be too rich for me with Anthony Richardson. I did not mean to do the pun, so apologies on that. Well done. Um, I, I also come back to the word that Shane Sykin has used in describing quarterbacks. And he has used the word consistency. I, I, I don't think you would be getting that with Anthony Richardson. You also, if you make that draft pick, you'd be giving Chris Boward even a longer leash because with Anthony Richardson, it's probably going to take a little bit longer. How much of a bridge do you want? Is this the same song and dance you want to continue to go down as you try and groom? So I understand there's some really enticing traits about him, but uh, number four would be a little bit too high for me. By the way, when he says your guy – Jimmy, he's talking about Peyton Manning, right? Is it? <laughs> Love Peyton. Not de- not getting drunk into that hole again. No, thank you very much, uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy uh, Cook with us here on the uh, on the phone with us. Uh, Kevin Bowen here on the fan. Kev, I'm gonna switch it up on you a little bit here. If we dip our big toe into hoops. Um, let me get with the uh, the Pacers here because it is All Star Weekend. I'm just curious what's on your Pacers wish list when they get back to playing basketball after the break. What do you want to see from here on out when the regular season concludes? Well, full transparency, Brian. I have a uh, notable financial stake in a win total of thirty or over this Ooh, season. Okay, so I could really use four more victories. <laughs> Um, I, I would like to think they can get there Man. Um, with, what, 22 maybe to go, something like that. Uh, I'm not going to win for you. Yeah. Taking my selfish attitude out of it, um, you know, frankly, losses would be better than wins. I mean, I, I know it's not really what a chunk of this market wants to hear after going through the season the Colts just performed this year, but that is the reality of where they're at right now considering they're, I believe, sixth in the uh, old tankathon standings. And uh, you look at this draft and I think there's some very intriguing names. I think there's some very intriguing uh, bodies at the position that the Pacers need help at. And for me, that's a big wing. That's a four man. So again, I'm a little bit looking ahead, um, but you know, as far as the on the court stuff, I, I have not been clamoring for Benedict Matherin to get into the starting lineup. I I'm good with, and I'm, Again, I, I you know have a large crush on Benedict Mather, and I, I'm good with the role he's been in. But I do think when they return from the All Star break, why not just put him in the starting lineup for the final 20 games? I mean, that is the future. Him and Halliburton playing together, so I feel like that would be a good time to get a couple practices in and just kind of turn to that. They've they've really rotated that third starter. I mean, we've seen it be a little bit of Andrew Nemhard, hell, T.J. McConnell the other night. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing Matherin get a look with the starters. I can I want to continue to see committed minutes in the front court for Isaiah Jackson. I know he got sick at halftime the other night, so that obviously put a halt to that. But I, I don't need to see Daniel Tice, you know, playing as the backup big. Um, I don't need to see George Hill playing either. George Hill's a fine pro and has had an unbelievable career um, dating back to his college days or hell even his high school days. But that, that to me is just kind of stunting growth of your younger guys. So in general, commitment to the youth, selfishly four more wins. Uh, but outside of that, I just think you, you need to continue to try and grow and develop the guys that are going to be here for, you know, the next you know five, six years. Kev, just so I can kind of live vicariously through you, I don't need to know how much you wagered, but what mm. type of take are we talking about here? Yeah, there you go. 
Well, that seems personal. Um, well, <laughs> I didn't ask you know, how much you bet. I'm just asking for the take. I mean, I, I, I look, Kev, I'll make it fair. And if you don't want to jump on with me, then that's fine. I'm putting myself on a ledge here for you. I put $300 on the Chiefs at halftime in the Super Bowl, okay? Whoa, so there you go. I whoa, know you didn't bet that I much. Think, uh, I'm, I'm willing to guarantee you didn't believe in the Pacers that much. Jimmy, I think it's Rosie's college <laughs> tuition. <laughs> you know, Eddie, Eddie's on to something. Um, Jimmy freaking Cook. How about yeah. that? There you, go. there you go. Steel uh, nuts see, over there. See, wow. 300 see, at halftime. See, see now, now you can go and whatever you say is less insane. There you go. Go well, ahead. Doesn't your, you know, I, like, I don't bet on Notre Dame. I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan because my heart is in it enough that I don't need that. My emotions matter more than my bank account. So that's an interesting move by you. To be clear, I didn't deposit. Um, I, I had it already oh, in the DraftKings account. I start with about 250 to start the season. I happen to build up pretty well to a point that I didn't mind rolling the dice on the Chiefs for 300 bucks. Huh? So anyways, well, just to be clear, I'm good. not raking in it and I'm not making run to chase. Quick, quick, I got to get this light. It was, it was already in the account. But anyway, just want to take some pressure yeah. off. Congrats on that. Uh, at the start of the year, I got the Pacers for plus 430 to win 30 or more games. The over-under was, what, 23.5, I think it was? Yes. Something around that for the win-loss total. And I just felt like you would not have games where, God bless them, but you wouldn't have games where Kiefer Sykes and Terry Taylor are running a two-man game in the fourth quarter and you're trying to win a game with those two. Like, you would have better talent on the floor. I thought you'd be healthier, and they've been much, health, you know, much, much healthier. And when you when you look at it, Buddy Heald and Mathern have played every game. Obviously, Halliburton missed a couple weeks, but that's really been it. You know, Turner's missed a little bit of time. But for your main guys, you've been pretty healthy. And I thought that they'd be better in year two under Carlisle in end-of-game situations. I mean, they were horrific last year at the end of games. I thought they'd be a little bit better there. So, um, you know, I, I, to Eddie's point, yeah, I mean, there there there's a good – hell, there might be the whole 529 uh, on it for Rosie and or Max there. So, we are waiting patiently. The win over the Bulls, the comeback over the Bulls was big because I was starting to sweat thinking, can I yeah. this out? But uh, we're, we're going to stick with it, and we believe by St. Patrick's Day we're going to hit. I think you will. I think you're in a good position there. I don't mean, Kev, for this to sound like a knee-jerk question because Purdue has lost two straight, but I'm just thinking the tournament isn't that far away. How surprised would you be if IU ends up having the deeper tournament run than Purdue does? Um, it, it, it wouldn't stun stun me. I, I think IU is still one layer of unknown away, and that layer being the return of Xavier Johnson. So, you know, Purdue, for the most part, you know, like personnel-wise, it, it, it's kind of a finished product. You know, you, you, they aren't going to add anybody. Um, you know, by all accounts, Xavier Johnson could be back by the end of the month. You know, how does that reacquisition for him go? I mean, that is a very volatile player. And for long stretches last year was a reason why Indiana was outside of the tournament. And then all of a sudden, he was the reason why Indiana got into the tournament. Um, so that, to me, is a big, big unknown. You know, both of these teams are, are rather unique in that, you know, I don't think you can really truly simulate defending Trace Jackson Davis and especially Zach Eady in a practice setting or in a very quick turnaround setting. Um, so I do think that plays to the advantage of both of those teams. And I think both of them, you could have a very similar question of what type of support do they get away from home from their perimeter guys. I mean, Purdue felt it last night. You know, Purdue did not turn the ball over really outside of the first five minutes. They they hardly turned it over the rest of the game. They just couldn't rebound like they usually do. And they certainly couldn't shoot it from outside and go in two of 13. So 
you've got to, I think, force teams to just respect you a little bit more from behind the arc. Um, so I, I would still probably go with Purdue to go further than Indiana, but um, it, it would not totally stun me given the fact that you are going to add a piece. Granted, that piece can be very Jekyll and Hyde. Kev, like Brian mentioned, we are jumping around a little bit. I want to go back to the Colts for a second, and I know you obviously talked about it on the morning show, but I'm still making the rookie mistake of trying to read tea leaves in general whenever Jim Irsay says or hints anything. So in your mind, uh, is he playing chess or was it a Freudian slip on the part of the, although the Alabama guy doesn't look bad comment uh, during the introductory presser earlier this week? Boy, I can see Jim Irsay craving a little chess game. Uh, I, I, I do not believe that was Bobby Fisher-like. I, I think that was much more Freudian slip. I, I cannot imagine Shane Steichen, Chris Ball. I mean, Shane Steichen, emotional as he was, you imagine you know, Irsay huddling together. All right, we have brothers, and we go out there, Chris. You're going to wink, and you're going to trade back. And, Jane, you just you just sit, you know, sit there and look awkward, and uh, I'm going to drop the Alabama guy comment. So, I, I simply think that was Jim Mercer's opinion uh, being said out loud. Um, it, you know, you guys follow the NFL. You know how the next two months work. It yeah. is lying mm-hmm. season. It yeah. is smokescreen central. If the Colts successfully do their job in the next two months, they will have told us everything wrong. They will tell us, <laughs> you know, that we love, you know, we think Anthony Richardson is God's gift to earth or, you know, whatever. We think Bryce Young is. You know, couldn't play in the CFL. Like, I mean, they will go to the extreme to try and lie and smoke screen. And Chris Ballard in the Southern Draw will walk into that press conference room on April 28th at around 11 p.m. And he will apologize and say, I'm sorry for lying, but quarterback means that much. Especially when you have three unknowns. And the three unknowns being what happens at one, two, and three. You know, those are still just, those are three teams that are above you right now. So you obviously, you know, don't want to share that. That, that intel. I mean, now, you know, when you think back to Mahomes, Jimmy, I mean, New Orleans, by all accounts, they were going to, to draft them. And then their hand kind of got tipped. And, you know, maybe Mahomes' agent wanted him to go to Kansas City. So maybe that played into some of it. And boom, here comes Kansas City screaming up from 27, I think it was, overall, yep. where, where, where they were. I mean, that's a giant franchise-altering move. And they did it. And now look where the Saints are. Still scrambling to find the next answer after Drew Brees. So, um, it, it, and it's just terrible because that, that's what the next two months is going to be about of, you know, who, who lies the best and how well do people believe that? You know, Kev, I'm just looking at the potential price tag for the Colts to move up to number one. And maybe one of the most recent examples that's the best is to go with Trey Lance with the Niners. And you look on top of the pick swap, the Niners moved up from 12 to number three. It cost them an additional two first-rounders and a third-rounder. So if you try to ballpark what the price tag might be for the Colts to move from four to one, what do you think it might be, and are you in favor of them going down that road? Yeah, it's a terrific question. I mean, you know, you obviously have the connections with the Bears from Ryan Poles and Chris Ballard, the two general managers working together in Kansas City. Obviously, Matt Eberflus, the former coach here. A lot of those defenders are still here. So, ideally, I think you'd throw a player, i.e. Kenny Moore, into that trade. I, I think that's a bit of kind of wishful thinking. I, I just think draft picks are more enticing when teams are in a rebuild like Chicago is. Um, 
God, Tiger cannot putt at all today. My apologies for <laughs> that. Was my closing question? Get there at one point. Do you have cash on Tiger? No, he is no, just I, the biggest I, Tiger I fan got ever. Heart. Yeah, yeah, I got heart, and and boy, my heart's been hurt today by the putter. Mm. Um, I, I I think an ideal package would be number four, number thirty-five. So your own first, your own second, and then probably your first next year. And I get that that's rich and it looks eye-popping on paper and all of that, but, you know, I, I don't know if the analogy makes sense, but I, I go back to the Andrew Luck story. I think it says to Eddie a couple days ago. I go back to the Andrew Luck story that we saw on ESPN.com earlier this year where he would literally sit down with his friends at dinner and he would order dinner for them. Um, I, I, I trust some people to order meals for me, but I don't want that to be the case. I want to pick the meal myself. I don't care if it costs a little bit more, I want to be the decision maker. I want the one that is deciding the biggest decision I think this franchise has had, I would argue, before Peyton, because as much as Peyton and Ryan Leaf has turned into this coin flip, I, I don't think it was exactly that back in 98. And even then, you still were one overall, whereas now you're four, and you do have three outliers in front of you that could all impact things. So I want to be in control of the process. I, I cannot see all four of these quarterbacks just being, you know, very evenly evaluated. Um, and I want to make sure that I give my first-year head coach the guy that he covets, assuming there is one that's above the rest, or even two above the rest. Because I think that's something you got to keep in mind. You know, if, if there are two or three, I mean, unless all four are on the same tier, to me you have to move up because I could easily see quarterback going one, two, and three if – teams behind Indianapolis, i.e. Seattle, i.e. Carolina, maybe the Raiders, if all of a sudden they feel like the Colts are going to take a quarterback at four and they need to move up. Kev, last question on my end. Kevin Bowen, nice enough to join us of the Kevin and Query in general here in the morning, as well as you can follow him on KBowen1070 on Twitter. He does a great job at 1075thefan.com. I already gave it away a little bit, and you've, you know, grunted in frustration as well during the interview, but your overall thoughts, obviously the, the more important event is two months from now, but your overall thoughts on how Tiger's looking to this point in time. Yeah, I mean, if you would have told me yesterday at you know, this time, Jimmy, that he'd be two under with you know, three holes to go or four holes to go in his first round, I would have signed up for it immediately. So um, that to me is huge. I was really worried about today. I mean, it was freezing cold to start. And the fact that, you know, he managed it pretty well early on and is even par for the day, I like. I love that he finished with three straight birdies yesterday. I mean, you watch the man, you're just kind of waiting for him to trip and fall, frankly, yeah. as he's walking around these golf courses. So the fact that he was able to not only hang in there for the entire opening round, but play his best golf at the end of the round, I like that as well. So uh, putter issue for sure, um, but that seems to be something you could get a hold on. I mean, if you look at the – you know, nerd ball speed and, you know, some of the analytics sort of stuff of, of how he's hitting the golf ball. It's right up there with pretty much anybody else in the tournament. So I am, uh, I'm giving Tiger a solid B plus, if not higher through, you know, 32, 33 holes. There you go. Real fast before you go, Kev, like uh, Jimmy went all in on the chiefs at halftime in the Super Bowl. Would it be a good or bad idea to go all in on Mac McClung during the slam dunk contest? Yeah, yeah it, give me the odds on the slam dunk contest. What, I, wish what, we I know had Buddy Heald's a favorite. Would be nice to uh, have. Do them. we have them? Re- no. Are they not readily available? Can't track them. FanDuel doesn't no. have them. DraftKings doesn't have I them. I think the sports books are worried 
about all the McClung <laughs> money that might be pouring in if they posted the odds right now. Oh. Now, I, I do wonder this. Are we still doing, like, is it going to be a bunch of former Utah Jazz, like, voting for or doing the, yeah, doing the voting? You know, usually you have kind of the, I like it. the ex-local. Yeah. And, and I bring that up because, if I'm not mistaken, Kenyon Martin's son is in the dunk contest. Yeah. You would think that that would generate some Kenyon Martin love with that. Uh, yeah, I'll be totally honest. I don't know if I've ever seen Jericho Sims dunk and or I know Trey Murphy is a good player. I prefer Troy Murphy um, from Notre Dame, but uh, <laughs> I, I know Trey Murphy's a pretty good player. So, uh, well, hell, Jimmy, you got enough to spend. You might as well. So. No, there was <laughs> right. a quick there was a quick withdrawal made. There was a quick withdrawal made after that went final. And additionally, and I'll take a lie detector test on Monday, but uh, twenty five bucks at most is on the Mac McClung fund. We're not uh, we're not we're not we're not opening up the war chest for. I'll, I'll go to an extent to bat for him. Not enough to be absolutely insane. Okay, how about this? Better chance McClung wins the dunk contest or one of the Pacers wins the three-point contest. Oh, I like that. Give me the Pacers. You going Pacers? Yeah. Are you betting on the Pacers? I mean, I took Buddy Heald. Okay, you're betting on the Pacers well, You asked well. me who I was, okay. I was taking on the three-point contest. I was just making sure. If yeah. You're just blindly chasing no, your no. heart. You're betting with your heart with McClung over no, no. here, and you're not betting on the, the better odds in your estimation. I was just making sure. Just no, making no. sure, nope. Kev. Okay, we're all squared away. Kevin, are you live betting any action on, or maybe not live betting, but are you placing anything for All-Star Weekend with what you watch? Uh, Probably not. I mean, if anything, it'd be the three-point contest. Yeah. You know, I, I still, I mean, hell, they haven't even picked the teams, right, for the All-Star game on Sunday. I right. think they're doing that on Sunday. I, I am, you know, interested to watch tonight, like the Rising Stars game. I do feel like that can be a game where guys try kind of hard because they don't know any better. And I do think Benedict Matherin's a guy that, certainly doesn't know any better so i am kind of just you know somewhat eager to watch that but uh and it's crazy to think about it being here this time next year hopefully the mother nature uh gets us a little monday tuesday wednesday weather this week and not what we're having today Mm -hmm. hey kev thank you very much for the time hope you have a great weekend we'll catch you down the road you bet you guys have a great weekend there he is kevin bowen morning host on the fan kevin and query good stuff always the best gamblers all around me here this is beautiful welcome yeah. glad to have you this is like the yeah. hallowed ground over here we need an initiation somehow what i'm he's not got, betting he's got a bet on mac McClung. i'm not betting <laughs> on mcclung <laughs> i'm not taking mcclung do you realize this i didn't realize this but uh on dk right on DraftKings, is that where you're at yeah, yeah that's yep. where you took everything out of your fund you took the money and ran i, I mean i again we were whether you hate this phrase or not, we were playing with house money in a sense because I deposited 250 to start the season. We got up to, I don't know, probably 1100 or so, 1200 And go. then, uh, yeah, I, I took my winnings from that yeah. Chiefs bet and I, I took it out. I still okay. have plenty to play with. We're you fine. still had yeah, your, your beginning yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you go money line on the Chiefs? Yes. You did? Yeah, plus 450. Woo! Yeah. At halftime, yeah. it was plus yep. 450. Yep. Good for yep. you, man. Yep. Uh, nice hit. Uh, you, can, you can bet they have over-unders on just the money ball racks. By the way, 1-109 with it. That was not a smart decision. Don't emotionally bet. It worked out for me. It might not work out for you. <laughs> just, just, to, just to get that out of the way. It's not, so, not ideal. Give me a, we'll go with Buddy Heald. Okay? Just his money ball rack in the first round. The total is three and a half. So it's minus 160. So you'd have to lay 160 yeah. to win 100. If you go over three and a half, just just think about this for a second. Let's make it as simple as possible. Sure. You take over three and a half. Buddy Heald misses his first shot 
on the money ball rack. You got to get four in a row, right? Like this is that. That's a little bit tricky and to you, figure and, out. And unless I misheard you, you said that that's that is minus one sixty in that 160 scenario. One sixty. Yeah, and, and that's why. I forgot they let you go rack, go round by round, rack by rack in terms of the three point contest. That's why I almost would rather bet a small wager, five, ten, fifteen bucks on the winner outright, yeah. versus having to sweat rack by rack because the juice isn't there unless you want to root against people. Like yeah, if there's shooters yep. you don't like. Yeah, then go under. And now then here's here's the question. That way. So you can go money ball rack. So they just have one rack, all money balls. Yes, right. And they get to pick where it's at if they I'm do. not mistaken. Yep. I'd go straight away. Yeah, you? me too. Yeah, straight away. Ah, corner. Either straight away or the corner. Yeah, that's, that's it. Go it's one corner of the two. three. It's one of the two. I'm not going wing. I'm going one of the two. Sly Fox over there. It's shorter, shorter <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. corner. Uh, yeah. So it's plus money on every guy if you go under three and a half for the money ball rack. Hmm. Who are you going under three and a half on the money ball rack? Julius Randle. <laughs> that, that's that that's was a, not bad. quick on the draw, Eddie. Quick on the draw. I don't. I think that's the only guy odds haven't been posted because it probably hasn't been. Go figure. It hasn't been official, uh, most likely. But yeah, he, he actually is. Well, his outright win is on DraftKings. I have not looked to see if he has a oh really over yeah. three and a half. He's plus seven hundred uh, to win outright. Is Randall on DraftKings? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who might it be. Um, is this Tyler Hero's first time in the three-point contest? Oh, that's a good call, too. Maybe he, Hero just because he's a lot first? of legs. Yes. I, I, that's what I'm asking. I don't know if it is or not, but yeah, I'm saying I'll, I'll go Hero, even though I, I do like oh, Tyler Hero. Tyler is a shooter, but yeah. I'll tell you what, that would be a fun bet. I could see Markin in, too. Yeah. He could, yeah. Although he's got the home crowd, so I don't know. I love Kevin Bowen talking about the dunk contest, and he didn't do surface level of like, nah, I'm not betting. He's like, you got to think about who the judges are. I love it. He That's, went next level. That was really good by that, him. That is the type of analysis I expect from Kevin, but also you need an out-the-box thinker before you go and place a wager on All-Star Weekend festivities. But to me... The human the, element matters. It's the same thing for the three-point shootout. Where are these money ball racks yeah. positioned? Mm-hmm. What what's their percentage from that area, roughly? You know, you could get pretty nerdy on and, this. And that's stuff. where you gotta look at you go fully in depth of of, of their uh, uh spectrum sports chart. Yeah. And where do they like to shoot the most and guess, okay, he's not gonna make a dumb decision, or is there a rookie mistake made where yeah, you know, I'm gonna put it on the right wing. You know what sucks? What's that? Is if you do your homework and you it, do your yeah. due diligence, you look at pie charts and bar graphs, and you consider all these things, and you're like, Tatum over three and a half is the best play you could make. And it he just makes two of them. doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't yeah. work out it's at all. It's the most infuriating thing ever. Oh, it is. Yep. It's bad. It's bad. Doing homework that doesn't pay off. All right, we got a lot to get to. Coming up next, sometimes your first impression is wrong. And I'm proud, Jimmy, to admit that I was wrong. Very, uh, very recently. We'll get to that right around the corner. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian, though. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Oh, he's Jimmy Cook. 
here on the fan. I'm excited for the end of the show here, Jimmy. I feel like uh, we should compare bad beat stories. Not trying to like one up each other, but you know, it's a good therapy session. We could do that at the end. I did learn something in the Super Bowl about a prop. I'll save that for the end of the show as well. I had no idea what this prop meant, but I figured it out as the Super Bowl played out. Can so, I guess now, or do you want me to wait till the you end? You want to guess? Because I guarantee you we talked about it if it's what I think it is. Do you want me to guess now? Guess now. Go ahead, guess now. You didn't know what an octopus was. You read my I'm mind. I'm sorry. We, t- we, t- <laughs> we talked about it last week. I didn't mean to undercut it. That's why I wanted to save until the end for the guess, but yes. No, you're good. I didn't know. An octopus prop. Somebody tweeted me that with just a screenshot. I'm like, what? It's is like plus twelve hundred for that. Yeah. And it's just There's been hundred and eighty in the history of the league. Really? And that and that's since two point tries were right, added. It hasn't so, been around forever. Yeah. But anyway, go on. Jalen Hurts, he scored a touchdown and then immediately got the two point conversion. That's 30, an octopus prop. Thirty seconds after that happened, Eddie Garrison texts me. Octopus, all caps, because it didn't. <laughs> Did you play it? You play it? Eddie? No, I know he was a big <laughs> octopus guy. That's why. No, I, I didn't. I didn't play it either. By the way, I. I oh, you chicken! I know. I know. I didn't play it. I always oh, play man. it. I know. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't in my bets. I didn't pick it. I just was reminding people about it. It wasn't in my. I know, plays. but you said uh, when you were mentioning it, you said you always put like five bucks on it. I forgot this year. Then I dropped <sighs> the ball. That's, That's on me. why it hit. It's on me. You're right. The one time hit. I missed, it wasn't there. <sighs> It's okay. Worked hate out that. all right. Hate that. It happens. It's okay. Okay, we'll circle back to that at the end of the show, but sometimes your first impression is wrong, Jimmy Cook. I will admit when my first impression is wrong, okay? I think my first impression with Shane Steichen was wrong because I'll be completely honest with you. When they hired the guy, I was like, shoulder shrug, yawn, doesn't do a whole lot for me. And I started thinking, I'm like, what does it really matter whether it's a splash hire, quote unquote, or not? It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the coach has like the Rex Ryan sort of feel for the media. It really doesn't matter. Give me someone as boring as Belichick as long as they're successful. And the more I see about Steichen, and this isn't me just trying to talk myself into this, when you have Philip Rivers stylistically, Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts stylistically, There's a lot of difference right there. And so when you look at the Colts needing a quarterback, most likely getting one in the top five picks this year, and he has that on his coaching portfolio, granted, those are three really good quarterbacks, even though they vary stylistically. So I'm not going to make him out to be a miracle worker, and he's going to take some Joe Blow guy, and he's going to be an all-pro. But he's able to make it work with a lot of different styles. And when you look even at the top of the NFL draft, those guys vary stylistically. You don't have C.J. Stroud running around like Anthony Richardson. It's just not his game. So I really like that. And I have to check myself because... They always like your math teacher would always say check your work to see if you have the right answer. I think you got to check yourself with your sports opinions. And I'll admit when I'm wrong, I my gut reaction was just like, uh, eh, Steichen, who cares? But the more I think about it, I really do think that the Colts are in a good position to have success if they get a good quarterback because he's shown he can make it work with a lot of different styles. We reached the same conclusion on him. The reason I didn't have the same shoulder shrug is because for me, the shrug of, okay, well, it's going to be somebody that's doesn't have a flashy name or flashy history to him was when Sean Payton made it clear he wasn't coming here and it was clear the Colts weren't going to try to 
aggressively pursue him. That's when I accepted, okay, this is going to be a coordinator that I've either never heard of or somebody that I that I know from, not never heard of, but you know, didn't have on my wish list for the Colts to right. start it. And then I did that same thing. This is last week about Wednesday where I was like, all right, well, Eric Bieniemy is not going to get this job. Brian Callahan might get it. Oh, Shane Steichen's there. And yes, you go down and you look through. And I had forgotten initially about Rivers, but yes, he's had multiple different clear variety in terms of the quarterbacks he's been able to get as much out of as one could possibly hope for for a franchise. That if you're hanging your hat on something for hope and optimism and not just those feelings, but actual data that shows, hey, maybe this guy can help mold the next future of the franchise. That body of work bodes well for whichever pick the Colts draft at four or one or whatever. But now we're into the territory of how much say does he want slash how much say does he get in stylistic preference slash Chris Ballard and or Jim Irsay making that call. Absolutely. Amen on that. That's why I've been thinking, too. We can talk till we're blue in the Mm -hmm. face. You're a Bryce Young guy. I'm eh, about the... You know, the size, being a wiry guy. We I really can, have gone back and forth with yeah. that, but now the size things just drive me nuts. But it's a fair Sorry. critique. <laughs> like like Stroud, I was worried about him, and I said, let's see what he does against Georgia. That's yeah. a almost NFL-ready defense. And he lit it up for me to a point that, like, I'm not going to flip a chair if they take Stroud. Sure, but sure. I just, I, I don't know, the young but stuff But we can tough. sit here and, All I long. like this guy, yeah. uh, this guy. It, it really just matters. Who does Steichen like? Who does Chris Ballard like? And Why? But I'm fascinated to know, and I don't know that we ever will, maybe, but who Steichen wants. Post-draft, how much input did he have on who they went with for their quarterback? But stylistically, when he's made it work with a lot of different quarterbacks, you can't get much different than Phillip Rivers, the Iron Deer back there, and Jalen Hurts running (laughs) around. You know, I'm fascinated to find out who Steichen wants. Let me play some audio for you here real fast. This was uh, from something floating around the internet, unscripted. So they're talking, this is when Steichen was with the Eagles here. And so this was going into their week three game against the Commanders this past season. And uh, listen to what he has to say, and it, it brings a question about afterward. Here you go. I thought about the week of practice. We go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, up until right now. And I think about how important division games are. You want to win championships it starts in the division it starts in the division we've had two good games but it don't matter all that matters is tomorrow at one o'clock that's all that matters and it starts in the division we want to do what we want to do as a football team it starts tomorrow at one o'clock i do love that drop but it don't matter (laughs) and also this it starts in the division it starts in the division baby so i like that presence and there's a big difference between a coach in front of a microphone and the media and the coach with the team. I really like how he sounded there in front of the team. And uh, when he's talking about the division, quick question for you. We'll do this fast. Okay. What was the biggest surprise in the AFC South last year? Now think about this. You had Jacksonville go from worst to first. They went from Urban Meyer and 3-14 and to 9-8. and eight. There weren't a ton of people that had them winning the division. So that was a surprise. Think about the Colts. A lot of talk about, well, they they upgraded at the QB position. No more Carson Wentz. They got Matt Ryan. A lot of talk. Didn't work out. 4-12-1. And oh, by the way, Jeff Saturday, the interim head coach for eight games. Right? Pretty surprising. Then the Titans, they start 7-3. and And their season implodes. They lose their final seven games. 
Remember the Thursday night game against the Packers where they went into Lambeau and they handled them really, really well. They didn't win a game after that. That's surprising. Who would you put at the top of the list? Look, in market, it's hard to say anything other than the Reich firing because the Colts don't do that yeah. and then followed up by Jeff Saturday's the interim. Yeah. That that is probably king for me, but but to get a second one in there because this is what I really feel about it. Love Mike Vrabel. And I know they dealt with yeah. injuries. That the fact they collapsed the way they did really surprised me because I figured it would just be even though and Eddie could back me up on this like I I it's four teams. It's hard to have a dark horse, but I wasn't. I was not sleeping on the Jags. I thought they could do this. I did too. Really did. Thought that Doug Peterson could get the most out of Trevor Lawrence, and he obviously did. I really didn't think, though, down the stretch, they were going to be able to catch them because I didn't envision a world where the Titans, with how just tight shipped Mike Vrabel is as a coach, and the injuries are. That's why they affect everybody. Were a big part, but I did not anticipate them collapsing the way they did. Look, you? man, the top two Colts and Titans. Look, it's life in the NFL. Yeah. It's you start off slowly. Coach has been around for a little while. They make a change. That doesn't stun me much at all. Going with Jeff Saturday, I didn't see that coming. So certainly a surprise. Four twelve and one. I didn't think it would be that bad. But I, I put the Titans yeah. at the top of the list to be seven and three. If you told me after that game against Green Bay, they're not going to win another game. I'd be like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Are you serious? Right? They're going to lose seven straight, and they did. That was a stunner, especially stylistically. How, they just grind games out, and they didn't grind out another win. That was wild to me. All right, we're going to close it in style, Jimmy. I have two things prepared that's going to bring a gigantic smile to your face. We've got bad beat stories, and we also have mystery audio tied to one of your favorite teams. Uh, I'm smiling for you. That's on the way. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Oh, I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Any big plans for the weekend outside of seeing Mac McClung reign supreme over there, Jimmy? What do you think? Big Marvel guy. Gonna go see Ant-Man. Give uh, Chiefs fan Paul Rudd some love uh, on Saturday night. That's right, yeah. With uh, a couple friends and family. Huge Chiefs fan. Was he uh, tweeting about the garbage defensive holding penalty at the end? Uh, He wasn't, which, by the way, watch NFL Films uh, uh, mic'd up audio on YouTube. Vindication. Vindication, ladies and gentlemen. With who? With Jason Kelsey? (laughs) <laughs> or with who? With- uh, just uh, they showed an angle that the broadcast didn't show. He held him. He he held him. Is that the way they called the game all day? No, but it's the Northwestern IU complex. No call. It's the Super Bowl Chiefs Eagles call. What's the right thing to do? I say call the penalty. It was the right call. Now this is bonus audio, and bonus slash awful audio. I just ran across this video. It's poor, poor quality. But it's Jason Kelsey. The Eagle Center. I've heard this then. And this yeah, was this right after yeah, that defensive holding penalty. Yeah. Uh, here you go. It's a game. We're going to call that. It's a game. I, I love how yep. nonchalant he's like, that's game. Yep. If they're going to call that, it's over. Yep. It's game. I, I thought that was so interesting. But yeah, there was a jersey tug. I still go back to this. I don't know if I've thrown this It at looked. You. I mean, again, I know I'm a cheat, but it, the angle they show in NFL films looks... Yeah. That's what the back judge saw. Yeah. I get why he called it. But yeah, go ahead. I, I get it too. I, I'm not disputing whether there was or wasn't a jersey sure. tug. What I will say is I've always thought of it like offensive holding, where there's offensive holding on every single play. Yes. And it's not called on every single play unless you greatly restrict someone's path. And that, to me, 
Yeah, there was a jersey tug. It didn't restrict or alter Juju's path to the football at all. And so I wouldn't have thrown it. I still think it's a bad call. I know we want to get into bets, so I will keep this short because I... <laughs> and generally, you could have the last word on it because I'm not that guy. Okay, all right. But are we he's talking? Gonna, he's going to say Juju would have got it. No, no. Well, first of all, first of all, yes, that is the end result. Juju would have got it, and here's no, why. Hold up, let me finish, please, uh-huh. Uh-huh. please. Then you can counteract it if you want. <laughs> we saw it all night long. The way the Eagles wanted to play, particularly on that field with their corners, they like to commit to one motion where that receiver is going. They want to go there and get leverage. They're not going to get beat by speedsters. Juju had him. The reason he grabbed is not a matter of did it affect Juju. It affected the defender because all of a sudden you're falling back. Now you can catch back up to him. That's why you call it. And to your point earlier about worried about uh, rules impacting the offense, that impacted an offensive play. That would be a good counter argument to the offensive holding thing that I said. No, seriously, it is because, you know, it's one thing to restrict the defender's path. Yeah. But you're not really catching up to the defender as an offensive yes. lineman. Yes. So that that would be different. That's a legitimate point. Like I'll I'll meet you halfway. Still a bogus call. <laughs> okay, bad beats over here. Okay. Now, now we've been talking about this, and you've got your. Do you have more picks for us? I do have some picks for tonight. Yeah, let's get to the the picks here first, and then we'll get to the okay. bad beat stories. Uh, here we go. The Jay Cook plays of the day. This is me. All right, I'm not a f- athlete. This is my. F- this is how I win. Okay, this will be quick because there's not a ton going on tonight. The college basketball slate is gross. Uh, I don't know enough about Cleveland State to, to back them. So we're going <laughs> to stick with NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, starting with tonight, going to take Team Powell. That is, that is the team that uh, Benedict Matherin is on for the Rising Stars Challenge. A little bit of home cooking there, but we are going to go with Team Powell in that event tonight. Also going to take Buddy Heald to win the three-point contest uh-huh. and Mac McClung. To win the dunk contest. Woo! Those are my bets. 0-2 yesterday. Purdue, come on, folks. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Plays on Twitter, at the J. Cook. There you go. Not bad. Bad Sometimes beats. I'd get down with the Mac, you know, like Canisius and all that, like the M-A-A-C. Okay. I took a peek, but didn't. Nothing for you. Didn't Eddie, take the plunge. I didn't mean to cut across you. You have anything tonight or this weekend? Not tonight, but I'm going to lay the four with IU against Illinois. Okay. I really like the Hoosiers at home Assembly Hall. They'll get that place rocking. They dismantled Illinois. In Champaign at the fake Assembly Hall. I really like the matchup. And then three-point shootout. I'm going to go Tyrese. Ooh, okay. With the, the slow Halibut. release? You're okay with that? I'm okay with the slow okay release. With the slow release. The, here's the reason why. I now, do like a guy who doesn't jump very bingo. high. Bingo. Yeah, that's, like the, that. that's the key right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, No legs. Yep. He'll be fine just moving around, doing his little set shot three he'll be good to go i hope it works out for you no doubt okay so if we trade bad beat stories here real fast i'll throw a couple out at you dylan freaking brooks okay i was (laughs) i was betting on the warriors in one of their playoff games against the uh the grizz last year and i had the uh the uh, the warriors in-game line minus five and a half Wiggins gets fouled at the very end because we were at, we had a five point lead at the time. I say we because it was the team I'm gambling on. I'm not a Warriors fan, but it was Team We that night because I was Absolutely. in. I was in for about what you put on the Chiefs, pretty close. Okay, and I was in chase mode, which is not where you want to be. No. So I had the Warriors minus five and a half. Looks like it's not going to work out. Wiggins gets fouled. Toward the end of the game, they put him at the free throw line. He makes the first one. I'm like, great. We got a chance to win this thing. 
He misses the second one, which was big. If he makes it, the Grizz might just lazily inbound it. That's that. He missed it. Dylan Brooks races into the front court. He jacks it up from about 37 feet at the buzzer, banks it in. Warriors win by three. Don't cover the five and a half. Oh. That was brutal. I, I can't top that, and I also didn't come prepared for this. I mean, I've had, I don't have specifics, right? Like, th- there's been where I've bet an over, and it looks really good. There's like five minutes to go, and eh, we can get eight points. Uh-huh. And then it's, but I don't have a specific one off the top that, that, that is still bothering me. Maybe it is the high from Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. And it's masking that. You're just a winner. No, that's not what I'm saying. No? There's been losses because we can go back to the, uh, it, wasn't as uh, wasn't as aggressive because that game was looked dead at halftime. But there was no jumping up and down, popping champagne, Chiefs Buccaneers a couple years ago. So there's at least that, Eddie. Yeah, you got one, Eddie. I do. It just happened on uh, Tuesday night, Milwaukee and uh, who were the Boston? Celtics, yeah, Milwaukee and Boston. Yep. So Boston's up three with like ten seconds to go. Boston couldn't hit a three to save their life in the fourth quarter. And, you know, just like you do in college basketball, if you're up three at the end, foul. always foul. Yes. Mike Boonholzer, not a believer in that. <laughs> Sam Hauser launches a three that I don't think I don't he can make ever again. <laughs> Go to OT. I need Derek White under 25 and a half. He's sitting at 22 going to overtime. He didn't score at all in the fourth quarter. I'm like, okay, good. Great, here we go. I see it happen. Scores the first five points for the Celtics in overtime. Scores nothing the rest of the way, and Celtics only score two points the rest of the overtime period. I lose the bet. That's rough, man. That is rough. I'll give you an entertaining one. All right. It was college football. It was a bowl game a little while ago, like within the last couple of years. It was LSU and Kansas State. I think it was like a year ago. Okay. And LSU, they're playing a wide receiver at quarterback. They had a bunch of dudes opt out. That was they, last year. It was, it, was last the, year. it was after the firing of um, Coach Orgeron. Yeah. yeah. They had an interim head coach. They had a wide receiver playing quarterback. I'm watching this game. They can't score. They cannot score. So I'm just betting the under LSU's team total. I'm betting under like 17 and a half, under 16 and sure. a half, under 14 and a half. I'm just hitting it, hitting it. <laughs> so we fast forward at the end of the game. It was like fourth and 18. They throw a touchdown pass. They're up to 14 points. And I'm like, ah, that sucks, but I still should be okay. The very end of the game, there are just seconds left. They run a reverse pass with another wide receiver who throws a bomb at the end, and they score a touchdown to score 20 points. They didn't even kick the extra point, but I lost all of those team total bets. It was amazing. That that's just that's a, almost a beautiful disaster. Oh, like it's like so bad. I'm sure infuriating in the moment, but now that's just hanging uh, hang the Louvre type material. I got some audio for you here, real fast. The your mystery audio here. One of your favorite teams. Yes. This would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen to Travis Kelsey, who was on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I used to watch Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live with my mother. And um, it's a it's an absolute honor and a, and a privilege to be uh, hosting SNL March 4th. <laughs> How about that? March fourth. Hyped about it. Calendar Travis will be March. Kelsey, yeah. Love me some SNL. Excited to see what he's got. I think he'll do a good job. I think he will too. He can buy into it. I don't know uh, his memorization in terms of uh, lines, but he can memorize plays and know where to be. Why not? You know who I think would do a sneaky good job? Maybe not sneaky. Rogers. I think Aaron Rodgers, if he committed, yeah. would be would be pretty good. Hey, a lot of fun. Enjoy JMV today. I'm Brian. No, he's Jimmy Cook. 
Have a great weekend, and good luck with the bets if you so indulge.